0: on wcwpsports.org
1: Good evening and welcome to Review and Preview folks. I am your host Tom Scavetta joined alongside Kyle Russo, Mike Dawes, Chris Klimaszewski. We are on Facebook Live tonight. We are broadcasting on mywcwp.org here on WCWP Sports. You can call in 516-299-2030. If you want to ask your sports-related questions and take part in our live show, shout-out, George Bristol. Thank you very much for tuning in. And let's get right into things. Waste little time. Uh, It is Friday night. We've been podcasting now for about seven months. So congratulations, guys, on this milestone. And as we keep going on with the show, the MLB playoffs, the Boston Red Sox. Let's get right to it. Those Boston Red Sox, who predicted them? Uh, last week to win the series. Not many of us, except for Chris Klim. Um, and Genius? Yes. Question mark? Yeah. You know, we tend to call Chris out and have some beef with him, right, Mike? All the but, time. Uh, I guess Chris got the upper hand this time. Yeah, he, <laughs> he got it. It's it's whatever.
2: You know, a, a broken clock is right twice a day. You know?
1: So let's go over what we had. We had, um, <laughs> wow, yeah. That, wow. It's,
2: it's true. That's just a fact. I,
1: I, I had fun. That uh, was. I don't know, uh, you know if Chris what? had fun, but I no, I did fun. have fun. That was actually really funny. That's but um, I don't right. like I don't like Mike tonight. So that was kind of rowdy, uh, a rowdy way to start the show. If you're not looking at Chris Clem's T-shirt, uh, let's go over the ALCS pred- predictions. Um, so Mike, you had the Astros in five or six. You couldn't pick a number, so you know, undecisive Mike, right? That's what we call you around here these days. All right, I'll Uh, take that. Chris had the Sox in seven. You were the closest. I had the Astros in seven. I was second closest. Kyle had the Strohs in six. So congratulations, Chris Klim. Um, So the series was a big disappointment. This was a five-game series. The Red Sox advanced to their 13th World Series. And what? was more disappointing was not the fact that the Astros lost in five games, but it was the way that they lost. There didn't seem to be much fight in this team late, especially with a pitcher who started last night, who got his first career postseason win. And it's not like he's a young guy. He's been around. He's an older guy. Quite frankly, he's been terrible in the playoffs, and you can't get any hits off this guy? I mean, last night, I hate to say it, the price was right. (laughs) You know? Um... David Price one. getting his first career postseason win as the Sox win 4-1 in Game 5. His final stat line, guys, six innings, no runs, three hits, nine Ks. So, excellent victory for David Price. Um,
2: not only is that his first playoff like victory stat-wise, it's the first time his team has ever won with him starting in the playoffs. Yeah. So, like, not even a no-decision win. So, mm-hmm. He's been terrible.
3: Definitely, yeah. Uh, yeah you know, I'm watching the game last night, and Kimball comes in, and he's been shaky this whole series. He has. So I was just like, you know what? Watch Kimball just blow this for David Price. Yeah, <laughs> he great. just blow it for him. Doesn't get the win at all. Well, but, no, nah, he did. So great for David Price. Yeah,
1: well, you know, he, he's got a he's yeah. got a warm I love that. I love saying. that thing. I, uh, I love no, it. From the Atlanta Braves. I took a Snapchat a of it. I, I know. I saw watching, that. that. I love, love watching that. that. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> That's how a player focuses sometimes. As weird as that looks on live television and as silly as you may be playing that, you know, visual in your head right now, mm-hmm. it works for him. Yeah, a
3: lot of pitches. Some of the pitchers do that, too. I mean, you saw that with um, Daisuke Matsuzaku back in the day oh, when he weird. would uh, yeah. hands up and then just, like, belly dance or whatever he would do. Or when
1: Eli Manning does the shoulder jerk like this every time he throws an interception. <laughs> I mean, that works for him, you know, in in certain ways. Um, But the Red Sox, nevertheless, punched their ticket to the World Series. Price also started Game 1. And Kyle Russo brought this up last week as I was listening to last week's show on the way here today. uh, Price started two games in this series. And a lot of people picked Houston based off the fact that Price would start two games because Chris Sale was not ready to play last night. I think he was the guy they wanted. But he remember he spent I think he spent Monday night in the hospital, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, Alex Cora said he'd be ready for Game Six if necessary, but he did not want him going out there for Game Five due to precautionary met, met, uh, measures. Not even out of the bullpen. So that that may have been what was um, more surprising to me, at least. Um, but you got to do what you got to do. They salvaged Game One. And they took four out of five against the Astros. And what was more surprising was Justin Verlander, a guy who's had all this postseason success. Verlander's career stats in elimination postseason games. In elimination games heading into last night, he was 4-1 with an ERA of just 1.21. And that was not the case last night. Chris, what happened?
3: I mean, look the the Red Sox bats just caught him in the sixth inning. Look, they scored three runs in the sixth. I mean, it was it was a back and forth game. It was close up until that inning, and the mm-hmm. Red Sox just happened to get the better of them. JD Martinez had a great game, like always. Uh, Devers hit a, hit a home run as well too, three RBIs. Yeah, he looked good. They this team is did did what they do, and even Ian Kinsler came up big in this series as well, and they got. They got what they needed to beat the Astros. I mean, this Red Sox team has is, is proved all year why they're the best team in all of baseball with their, well, 100, 108 100, wins. 108 wins, yeah, exactly. Nuts. I mean, this is not credit how good this Houston team is. This Houston team is very good. I mean, and e- and each one of these games as well too. I mean, it could have went either way for both teams. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. it just so happened to favor in the Red Sox in the, in in, all, in the last four games. Right. So congratulations to the Red Sox, and I'll be rooting for you. Actually, no, I won't be because if the Dodgers get there, I'll be rooting for the Dodgers. So oh, all right. Just because I, and the the sole the sole reason why is because I, I own a Dodgers jersey. So so
2: you'll be rooting for Chase Utley to get
1: another World Series right? He's still playing. Of course, he's still. playing. I right, never mind. I'm, let's go Red Sox. Or Brewers. So you're rooting against Justin Turner getting another World Series ring? Look, if Chase, Utley, okay,
3: now okay, you got to play both sides. Okay, of I thought plate Chase, here. I thought Chase Utley retired. No, it's his last
0: run. Uh, okay, yeah. Is so he okay. The, is he on the lineup? Though I don't think he's part of the lineup. I don't think he's part of the lineup. Um, so. I'll look that up right now. No, he's, there's no way that he's starting in this deep lineup. Oh, man. I
3: don't think starting, but yeah, I think he might be on the team though. So no, he's
1: definitely on the team. Hundred percent. Yeah. So I yeah. Okay, no then I started. then
3: I can't in great cautious root for the Dodgers then. Yeah. I can't
1: can't. Gra- I had no idea. Okay, I, t- I retract my statement. So let's go, <laughs> as we tear Chris apart like a, a peach. There, um, <laughs> Houston offensively in this series, guys. Bregman, who was very impressive all year. You know, the big three. You think of it, it was Altuve, Springer, and Bregman for them offensively. I mean, there's plenty. There's a mouthful of guys that can give you hits, but Bregman was just 133 in this entire series. Springer was 381. Altuve was 250. He was very on and off, but I think for Houston, in order to have a chance against a 108 win team, especially when you don't have home field advantage, at least you know all three of those guys got to be hitting over 250, and two out of three of those guys probably need to be hitting over 300 realistically for yes. you to for you to have a chance. Because you look at Boston's lineup compared to Houston's, Boston I think had a little more meat in the middle of the line. I mean, you're talking about Mookie Betts to lead off, uh J.D. Martinez, the MVP who we're going to talk about in a few minutes, Jackie Bradley Jr., um Ben Attendee, Bogarts, yeah. Devers. It's deep. Brock Holt. It, it, it is deep. Mitch Moreland. Nice yeah. Late in the didn't run. even bring him up.
3: Yeah, I know. I think where it all came down for the Astros is, like, their big hitters really didn't come in clutch. I mean, Bregman hit 133. Altuve hit a measly 250. I mean, those are the two; those are two of the guys at the top of your lineup you expect to be hitting very good, and that it all came down to that they didn't come in clutch yeah, when, and, it, when uh, they needed to.
2: And also, Carlos Correa was hitting seventh all postseason. This was he's got a bad
3: second half. He hit 316 though.
1: This was really serious disappointing so. series. Let, yeah, let's be realistic here for the two best teams in the American League. I mean, all due respect to the National League, but the big three in the American League, Houston, Boston, Yankees, they're on a whole completely another level from the National League. Mm -hmm. And to see the American League series end before the Dodgers and the crew, that's a little embarrassing if you're Houston. I don't care, like, what injuries you're going through. Maybe it just speaks volumes to how good Boston actually is this season. They really have a solid team, you know, and since 2004, that curse is over. I'm pretty sure when they've been in the World Series, haven't they been like 4 0 since being in the World Series, since 2004? Um, yeah. Something like 0-4 that, right? they won it. oh eight, oh seven, oh seven, And then
3: 13, right? 13, 13 yeah, and that's yeah, when they so, won it, yeah. They won it every, every time they've been in the World Series. So
1: let's get to the unsung hero. He was the MVP of the American League Championship Series, the number nine hitter in the Red Sox lineup, Jackie Bradley Jr. Now, a fun fact here about Jackie Bradley Jr. This is one out of about. 3 million fun facts we'll have on the show tonight. So we're going to have a lot of fun. Jackie Bradley Jr. finished with a 200 average in this series, Mm -hmm. yet he was still named the MVP. That was the lowest average ever for an MVP of any championship series. But his 9 RBIs were -hmm. good enough. Now let's dissect what he did in this series. In Game 2, he had a 3-run double. That put Boston ahead late. And, um... I think Houston, no, Boston won Game One, seven to five. But Jackie Bradley late in Game Two really helped them out. In Game Three, he had the Grand Slam. That was incredible to watch. Yeah. And then in Game Four, he has the go-ahead two-run bomb. So, it's not always about how much you how much you do. It's about what you do. The quality of your plate appearances sometimes means more than, you know, I have seven hits in a series, but they're all singles. And, you know, I only have three hits in a series, but two of them won us games. You know what I'm saying? And his power has really emerged. And if they continue to hit like this in the World Series, where these younger guys step up out of nowhere, like a Jackie Bradley Jr., the Red Sox can very well win this World Series this year, regardless of who comes out of the National League.
2: And uh, Bradley's nine RBIs, all with two outs.
1: Yeah. Which is unbelievable. And, man, that game four, you know, we bring up the nine RBIs in the series, but the Bradley Grand Slam came in the midst of a five-run eighth inning in game two. I think for Houston that's very embarrassing because, you know, your bullpen, I mean, they carried you at times this year. They did when the hitting wasn't there. So I think Boston's middle inning relief was much better than Houston's. 'Cause you look at the game that Morton started for Houston, it wasn't good. And the bridge to Kimbrell was a lot smoother uh than it was in the series against the Yankees. With that being said, we got to talk about Benatendi as well. An excellent catch in game four. That ended the game, right? Yes. And that both games. Game. I think there is a stat, there is a twenty one percent chance mathematically that he catches that ball. Wow. I don't know if you guys saw that stat, no. but That was the percent chance that he got it, and he caught it. Um, And with Houston eliminated, that now marks 18 consecutive years that there will be no repeat World Series champion. How do you like that one? I like it. Yeah? I love it. (laughs) Let's keep the wheels moving here, folks. The National League Championship Series, the Milwaukee Brewers. uh, In this series against the Dodgers, guys, the the Brewers are one of seven teams that have never won a World Series, they are in the final three this year. So the crew is alive, not very well because they're facing elimination tonight, being down three to two, but they're alive. You know, uh, and they're something home. that twenty-seven other teams can't say right now. It's true. That's just a fact. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's reality right there. So game six is tonight. That will start live during our live show, eight thirty-nine p.m. on Fox Sports One. Dodgers lead this series 3-2. to two. Uh, Ryu versus Wade Miley. And Wade Miley, guys, he started Game 5 for Milwaukee, but he only faced one batter, and they took him out. What was the reasoning behind this move, if you're Craig Council, and does it have any impact on tonight's Game 6? I want to hear your thoughts on this.
2: Well, um, I'm almost positive he did it, because when the Dodgers saw Miley was starting, they align their bats where they only have one, you know, same side hitter as the yeah. pitcher. And then they took him out and then really messed everything up. So I mm-hmm. think it was just you know, just to to mess with him a bit. And Rough also yeah, yeah, and also that he gets to start the uh next game too. So mm-hmm. I guess it was it, it yeah, did tonight's game, yeah. Yeah, and it you know it didn't work, but it almost did, I would say. It was I like the move.
1: Now Chris and Kyle, uh we were just talking about Game five. Yeah, it's Miley out there again tonight. Do you think that who has the edge in this? Because obviously both these pitchers have been very successful this season, especially late in the playoffs. Who do you give the edge to tonight in this pitching matchup? I don't think it's about edge. I think it's just a matter of pressure. I mean, the
0: Dodgers are up 3-2, so all the pressure is on them to, you know, finish them, even though that Milwaukee's in the position where they're behind. I mean, all the pressure's on the Dodgers to finish. Because they're on the road, if they don't finish, they got to take it to a game seven back at home. Yeah, and this is definitely a very winnable
1: game for Milwaukee at Absolutely. home. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. No, you said it.
3: I mean, look, well, R- Ryu's been have been having an iffy uh, playoff series so far. He's uh it's a four ERA. I mean, but he's mm-hmm. he was pitched very very well during the regular season. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, like I think it's just it's all gonna come down to. Honestly, who has the better bats and who who's going to out-coach who, you know? So, I mean, right. personally, I think I'm going to favor the Brewers in this game. I think Yelich is going to turn it on a lot. You're going to see a big game from him tonight. I think you're going to see a big game from uh, who else? Um, phew, I can't think of the name off my head. I think, you know what? Going on, on a limb here, Ryan Braun's going to have a good game as well. Chris, you picked the Dodgers
1: in six, FYI. Yikes.
3: <laughs> you know what? It's I, on pen and paper. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't remember making that statement. So I'm gonna, actually, you know what? Again, retract my statements again. I'm going to go with the Dodgers again winning tonight. Also, <laughs> Just,
1: Vegas really has no big favor tonight. Well, oh, so. we got to go numbers now. We got to go Southwest. Mike, go ahead.
2: So, they, uh, Vegas says the Dodgers should win,
1: but it's close. Right. So Chris has the Dodgers in six. I'm going to stay with that. I Myself and pick. Mike have the Dodgers in seven. Kyle, you have the crew in seven. So we are all still alive for this series. Milwaukee is home. Something tells me they're going to pull this one out tonight, but they won't pull out game seven. Something Mm. just tells me. Because Chris brought up a good point. Ryu has not been good in the playoffs so far. And maybe this is just an inexperienced thing. Remember, the Dodgers were in the World Series last year. There's a lot of pressure for them to get back. Getting back is always the hardest part. (laughs) You know, Once you're there, you embrace the moment. But to do that two years in a row, that's a monumental task, and I think on the road tonight, it's going to be a little bit difficult for them to pull this one out. So I'd give us the edge. I would agree. I just said that live on air, but yeah. <laughs> um, game five was incredible. Uh, Dodgers won 5-2. to two. Clayton Kershaw, again, for the playoffs, this is a phenomenal stat line. A guy who used to suck in the playoffs has completely turned it around 180. Uh, seven innings pitched, one run, three hits, nine Ks. All of his nine strikeouts, the other night, Wednesday night, run breaking balls. Wow,
2: <laughs> that's a fun fact. Because yeah. he's got a big hook. So, and also, just like you said, the uh, the bad Kershaw in the playoffs that is dead. He is. It is dead. Yeah. He is now. Past few seasons, he's been elite in the playoffs. He
1: has. So he sure good. has. And it's good
2: to see him do that because he's he's better than what he was in the playoffs.
1: And now right now he's uh, coming through, and I really like to see that. And guys, remember the Brewers led this series two to one. So it's not like they're no foe to you know because the Dodgers came back totally. Now it's Milwaukee's turn to try to see what they can do. Uh, look, and Game Four was close too. That went 13 innings. The Dodgers came on top two to one. It's anybody's ball game, and if you're a team like Milwaukee now trailing three to two in this series, they have not made a World Series since 1982, back when they were in the American League. So you know you want to put on this uh, the st- statistical book tonight. Um, you know, that's, a, that's another fact that's not so fun if you're the Milwaukee Brewers and you're trying to reverse that history tonight. But, you know, there, there's a chance. One guy i got to talk about in this series before we transition out of baseball is Manny Machado and rumors about him potentially going to your team in the offseason, the New York Yankees, <laughs> due to the fact that not only is he's going to be a free agent, he's had a great second half, the Yankees saw him a lot, with baltimore this season but the fact that dd gregorius is undergoing tommy john's surgery which means he's probably going to miss most likely all of 2019 yeah. I'd, I'd assume
0: i'd imagine i mean that's uh, that's that's at least a 10-month recovery <laughs> Rough, and then right? once he once he recovers then he's got to get back to swinging got to be playing. what do you think runs? about that I love that. I mean, that's honestly why I'm... You love rooting for that the... Didi's
1: getting Tommy John surgery? Oh, I think you're talking about the idea of the Yankees getting Machado.
0: Yeah, I love Didi's <laughs> getting... There. No, but at the end of the day, Machado, I believe, has a real good chance of becoming a Yankee, and and yeah. the fact that the fact that Didi's hurt, I mean, that really gives Cashman, I guess, the incentive to really go forward. I mean, he's a younger player, he's a better defensive player. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think next year it is that you were going to have to pay Didi anyway, Yeah. so instead of paying an older player who's solid, why not play a pay a better player who's younger and can get more out of him. Because Machado, he wants to play shortstop. Yeah. So it's perfect. It's a perfect situation for him. So, you know, especially if the Agreed. Dodgers, if they don't pull out in the World Series they don't manage to win in the Series against Milwaukee, it'll it'll give them really something to think about.
3: It, here's my thing. I don't think the Yankees need Manny Machado. I, look, I understand D.D.'s going down, but I mean, once D.D. goes, once once D.D. comes
0: back, where where is he going to fit? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. He'll be a free agent after next season, so at the end of the day, you're not going no, to
3: But there's no need to waste $250 million, $300 million on Manny Machado when the real problem with the Yankees is pitching.
1: That's the real problem. But the problem also, Chris, is the batting average. you are also a team that cannot hit the ball. Kyle, my, my argument with you here is this. You can easily move Gleyber Torres to shortstop. Then who do you put at second? I mean, you have guys that are serviceable, like a Neil Walker— you know, I mean, look, if you're the Mets, you would love Neil Walker to start at second base. I mean, maybe <laughs> I, I, not now with Jeff McNeil, but, yeah, love you know, Jeff McNeil. you understand the point that I'm trying to make. No, I get what you're saying. The Yankees completely. have serviceable guys that can fill the void where they got to focus on starting pitching that can put them over the hump instead of spending all that money to get a guy like Giancarlo Stanton. They did this off season, which, realistically, that only gave them two or three— that gave them about five, six more wins than they had last year, but a worse, re, a worse result.
0: Yeah, yeah. well, listen, uh, again, that's why I picked Houston to go to the World Series because at the end of the day, Yankees had garbage pitching, and it really showed because that's why they wanted to lose in Boston.
3: And that's why I think that's where they need to f- fix it in the offseason as pitching
1: and not in yeah, game no the Yeah. Um, we're going to keep it here. We're going to transition into our next segment, college football. Now, guys, this is a uh, this is going to be a fun segment. It's going to be a very fun segment because we're going to have a lot of fun with it, but uh, not if you're Nick Bosa. But oh, he's probably making the right decision I for his future. Decision, yeah. uh, Nick Bosa is leaving Ohio, the Ohio State University to rehab for the NFL draft. Now, Nick Bosa this season has been a phenomenal force on that defense, but he's missed time. He, he hasn't played that much. He really hasn't. I mean, last year he was good, but, you know, they're just encouraging him. Look, kid, concentrate on the draft. You know, that's your future as good as he's been. You know, at the college football level, I hate to say it, his time is probably done at Ohio State. Look, they're still ranked, what are they, third in the playoff ranking? Second now, probably because they moved up with Georgia losing. Yes, Last they're, week, there are two now. Uh, I'm trying to get his uh, his game logs here, but he there's really not much. There's not much on him. No, he's definitely 100 percent making the right decision. I mean, at the end of the day, people are
0: saying that he's better than his brother at a college level, and that Joey is, Bosa is, that that is a professional level. Like, I kind of I mean. I mean, from an, an athletic Agreed. standpoint, Mike, you're, Mike, you're, play, Mike,
3: but. you're you're our resident Ohio State fan, huge Ohio State fan. Of course, let let's, let's hear your take on this whole thing.
2: Well, I mean, obviously, from an Ohio State fan, I would love for him to keep playing, but, I mean, I can't hate on his decision. I mean, he's going to be probably a top-five pick, I would say. Top-three, bro. Yeah. Maybe even number-one. Top-two. I mean, on yeah, team. I was being generous. I didn't want to be a little, <laughs> a little like a homer over here. But, yeah, I mean, he's he's uh, he's been great. Ohio State has a great D-line, so, I mean, they're obviously going to miss yeah. him, but it's not yeah. going to be as crazy. There's they so much depth no. there. Yeah, yeah. Now,
1: do you think this could impact Ohio State down no. the road? No. no. You don't so, think so? No. Guys, Nick Bosa threw he only played three games this season, fourteen tackles, six six of them for a loss. That's great. Four sacks. <laughs> wow. It's unbelievable. Uh yeah. a forced fumble, two fumble recoveries. Yeah. Four sacks in three games. There you go. Yep. He doesn't
0: need he's percent um, le- making the le- right the decision. Cur-
1: the current leader on Ohio State through seven games has eight and a half, and that's Draymond Jones, I think. So look. Wow. What? You don't know who Draymond well, Jones no, is? Well, I
2: don't know who leads the lead, uh, Ohio State <laughs> sacks.
1: I have no idea. Um, so the Ohio State University moves up to number two in the rankings, but the big news is on Nick Bosa. Uh, I think he may go right after Herbert as number two. Ooh. I think he can land anywhere between one and five. Uh, he's probably the best defensive player coming out this year. Um, I would agree. We'll see. Is, is Is he a senior or is he a junior? He's a junior. You think he's a junior? Ooh, yeah, he's a junior? A yeah. There's a lot of juniors that are coming out now. Hopefully, it doesn't get to like that NBA type of thing where you come out after one year. But we'll, well see. That'd be terrible. Um, okay, so the current rankings stand: number one Alabama, number two Ohio State, number three Clemson, number four Notre Dame.
4: Ooh, ooh, ooh,
1: ooh, ooh. Um, and just for this segment, I, so I, I will I will wear the hat. I can't because my headphones are on. But anyway, you can see the hat. There you go. If you're watching Facebook Live. Number five, LSU. Number six, Michigan all of a sudden crawling up. You Uh, nervous, Mike? No. Number seven (laughs) is Texas. Number eight, Georgia drops six spots after losing to LSU. Number nine, Oklahoma. And number 10, undefeated UCF. The real national chance. I was going to say, the real national chance. So... Let's get into the meat of the college football uh, discussion here that we're going to have. So the big news is number 2 Georgia losing by a blowout on Saturday, 36-16. to 16. They lose by 20 points. Um, guys, that's unacceptable. Fromm did not look good. Uh, he did not have a good game. And this is bad, bad, bad for them because they probably have the toughest schedule remaining. Out of these top ten teams, if you yeah. ask
2: me, and you gotta imagine they will drop another game from the end of the season at least that's oh, yeah,
1: yeah, I completely agree with you I mean you hope they don't end up like Auburn now, who all of a sudden yeah. is four and three yikes, yeah <laughs> they they lost this past week too, um so Georgia, they've been up in the air, uh Notre Dame survives against Pitt, look, this was predicted to be a very low scoring game. These two teams know each other very well. I'm not really concerned with just getting a five-point win over them. Look, they're a good football team. They have a big history with Notre Dame. I'm not going to go out there and say, hey, because Notre Dame has been winning close games all season. I tell Mike every time we play Pitt – Pitt always
3: gives us a problem. I said it last week on the show. I said it, and I'm saying it again. Pitt always gives Notre Dame a problem. No matter yeah. how good and how bad they are, Pitt always gives Notre Dame a problem. That's exactly what they
1: did here. Notre Dame was just able to pull out the win in the end. Right. Ian Book didn't have his best game, but he did throw the 35-yard touchdown strike to Miles Boykin with under six minutes to go. Yeah. You're talking about a young player, not in terms of college football age, but in terms of experience, making a play like that as a starter at home against Pitt. Um, very impressive throw and touchdown for Boykin. Um, was very happy. Chris, Chris Fink and Charles Claypool had great games as well. Uh, they've really been their top three receivers this season. I think they've done an excellent job.
3: You know, coming into this season, I really wasn't a big Christian, uh, Chris Fink fan. I was like, uh, we got this guy. He's always been like there, but he's proven me wrong. He's been playing great all year. For sure. And, And even Ian Book has been proving me wrong too. I wasn't really, uh... I was, didn't really like the fact that Brandon Wimbush was starting this year. Not a big fan of him, and I was like, "Oh, great! What are we going to do? Go to Ian Book?" I wasn't really a big <laughs> fan of his last year either. I was really kind of hoping to see this, uh, yeah, this freshman kid, uh, Phil Juvicu, whatever. I don't know how to say his last name. Juvicich. Yeah, like Juvicich or whatever you pronounce it. Him. I was really hoping to see him as the starter, but. When Bush won the job at of camp, he now he, and now he lost it to Ian Book, and Ian Book's been playing great, and I'm I'm all about
1: Book. I got Book fever. Absolutely, yeah, I'm very happy about it. But the next game we got to talk about now is probably the second biggest upset of the week. Um, Iowa State upsets Virginia at home, thirty to fourteen. West Virginia, excuse me, uh, and was really surprising about this game. I saw West Virginia potentially running the table. Uh, I really did. I mean, I you know, when you have a quarterback like Will Greer, who um, is a Heisman candidate, but in this game, he, Will Greer went just 11 for 15, 100 yards, one touchdown, one interception, a quarterback rating of 16.6. Guys, Will Greer was sacked seven times. Seven. <laughs>
2: yeah, I watched that game, and that, that defense was all over the place. They were at home in that game. I mean, West Virginia had no shot. Well, Mon- that
1: game started. They got Montgomery the rock on the ground. If yeah. you're Iowa State, man, uh, it was great. And he had nearly 200 yards. I think he had 190 on the ground, 189, 190, something like that. Um, and then Butler through the air had a good game, over 100 receiving yards. They really uh, outplayed West Virginia, and West Virginia, you got to go back to the drawing board and try to convince the committee. Hope some teams lose, like. Uh, you know, Notre Dame, Ohio State have some tough games coming up. So hopefully, you know, you look at that and you get some help. But right now they're not looking good. They just dropped to – did they drop out of the top 10? Yeah, they did. Wow.
0: Yeah, the number – are you talking about West Virginia? They yeah. dropped to 13. Jeez. Yeah, I can oh, imagine. So the... they're, they're, they're yeah, done. They're done. They're yeah. done. Um, good. Don't like West Virginia. So
1: me and Dawes, big West Virginia haters. Huge. Another big upset, uh, and there was a lot of New York football giant scouts at this game. Justin Herbert and Oregon upsets Washington on the road in overtime by a final score of 30-27. Oregon was at home, excuse me. Um, the walk-off touchdown in OT. These teams played nearly identical the entire game. Each team scored 10 points in the first, 7 in the second, 7 in the, in the third. And both teams put up an eggnog in the fourth. So in this game, Herbert, he was okay. Uh, his completion percentage wasn't great, but he didn't turn the ball over. They established the run. Verdell was excellent, had the two touchdowns, and Die, had close to 70 yards. I really liked what they brought to the table in this game because Oregon, now they were ranked 17th going up against number 7. This is a big conference matchup, for, and they came out, and they won. And they won, and they're trying to convince themselves to the committee that they belong but you know they're still not in the top 10 yet but it definitely helps their chances of getting a higher ranked bowl game when these rankings come out improving to I think they're five and one now so um I was very pleased with Herbert's performance not necessarily statistically wise but winning and leading against a top 10 ranked team in the country and I I think if you know, you're a bad NFL team right now, and you're watching Herbert. You're saying this guy is good for next year if he comes out. Remember, he's only a junior, so and he's the type of guy that strikes you as he might stay for his senior year. So we'll see how that unfolds a little later on. Uh, another game, Michigan over Wisconsin, 38-13, complete blowout. Wisconsin's done. We don't oh. got to talk about that. Harbaugh somehow gets the Wolverines up to number six. In the college football rankings, you
3: know I had Wisconsin in my top four. You did, and I was way off. I thought Jonathan Taylor was going to be their guy, and he's very good. But you know what? I can't, I can't uh, back up that now. So no, now I got now now I look like a fool. Yeah.
1: Well, at least you don't have your pants on the ground. You know. Yeah. I know, um, true. <laughs> UCF. Beats Memphis 31 30. Survive and advance is the key. They get a one point yes. win against Memphis. They remain undefeated. Look, they still don't play anybody. That's why there was no movement and they stayed at number 10. Shout out Jeff Kidd. Thanks for watching our Facebook Live video. Goat. the goat right, right there. there. Yeah. Uh, former quarterback for the LIU Post Pioneers, the year that they went undefeated in the regular season. And the Any conference. 10 champs. Thank you, Jeff, all the way from Oregon. Um, all right, so another game we got to talk about is Michigan State upsets, upsets Penn State on the road, and Penn State now drops the 4-2. and two. Good decision on schools. Um, Penn State, look, you have McSorley, you have Sanders, but this game, they... <sighs> Michigan State defensively was excellent. Was excellent. To hold McSorley and Penn State to 17 points.
0: This is the second year in a row they lost to Ohio State and Michigan State. So this is... I mean for James Franklin, this is not this is not good. You gotta have a half you, head. Gotta, you gotta, you gotta win rivals. these games.
1: Have to. You scored three points hands. in the second half. Yeah. Come on. McStorley didn't even throw for two hundred yards. Look, and the only guy who put production at wide receiver was KJ Hamler. They they need these other guys to step up and make plays, whether it's Hippenhammer or Juwan Johnson, Fryermouth, the tight end, they need these guys to step up. And Garrett Taylor can't be the only guy showing up on defense. They need more guys to help out on that back line. Uh, Penn State is virtually done. You'd stick a fork in Penn State. Absolutely, another team I had in my Final Four. Uh, I think same. I did. Same. Yeah. That's, well, I mean, that's how do you disappointing. pick two
2: Big Ten teams and not one of them's Ohio
3: State? You're just a hater. I-
1: I, I don't yeah. know, man. Uh, for the record, I did. Well, I didn't pick two Big Ten teams. I don't. Know. I
3: think Tom wrote it down. So if he finds it in his I'll, notes,
1: we'll bring it up.
3: Yes, we'll bring it up when Tom so, finds out his notes. Okay. Clown over here. Couple
1: other uh, games. Maybe. Virginia beats Miami. Miami is virtually done getting their second loss. USC over Colorado, and Tennessee upsetting Auburn. If you're Auburn. You cannot lose to Tennessee. Oh, my gosh. That was awful. Man. So, the three major upsets this week, Iowa State upsets West Virginia, Michigan State over Penn State, Oregon over Washington. Three top ten teams lose and fall, and in total, five ranked teams lost to unranked teams this past weekend. What do you think about that? I love it. I love chaos. There are eight ranked Unbeaten teams left. Only one did it last year. This is not a trick question. Do you who who is that team that went unbeaten last year that is unbeaten this year? You Kyle, that, you right? can't answer. Yeah. There yeah, there, you go. Go. There, you go. there you go. Mike Dawes gets it in half a second. Wait, so. wait,
3: I missed I totally <laughs> missed the whole thing. So okay, so <laughs>
1: basically what the question was, Clem, was there's eight ranked unbeaten teams left. You know, you have Bama, Ohio State, yes. Park, and Notre Dame, all the way to UCF. Which one? Was undefeated last year, the whole year. UCF's the only one.
3: Oh yeah, I was going to say
1: UCF. Yes. Yeah. So UCF, maybe it's because the real national champs. They, they brought in um, Notre Dame transfer Parker Bedros from Winter Garden, Florida. So maybe that's part of it. You know that Irish, that Irish talent. Yeah. <laughs> Awkward silence. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it. Yeah, that's going to be fun editing out later. Um, all right, so let's preview this week quick. And then we'll take our first break of the evening. Um, There are some very big games this weekend um, as we go to our Week 8 schedule. Um, You have Michigan State at Michigan. That's going to be a big game. That's huge. Michigan State can potentially knock Michigan out of the college football playoff running if they win that game. That's going to be a fun game. Oklahoma on the road against TCU. That's not a guarantee. That is not a guarantee at all. Alabama on the road against Tennessee, who just upset Auburn last week. Penn State at home trying to rebound against Indiana. You have number three, Clemson, hosting number 16, NC State. NC State, look, I'm not saying they're going to win, but look out, Clemson. This might oh, be yeah. a trap game for them. It really might.
2: I saw um, a bunch of like underdog picks, and they were on it. Like, It's not likely they're going to win, but mm-hmm. it might be good value.
1: Gambling perspective Yeah a good value pick Yeah I'd agree with that Um, Still don't think They're going to win But uh, you have LSU hosting Mississippi State And Washington State Hosting Oregon 25 against 12 So that's going to be interesting And then Notre Dame Is at Navy And there's really not Much else going on
3: Watch the Navy game Again Like Pittsburgh Navy always gives Notre Dame A tough time Yeah It was got that weird offense going around with the three running backs, the options, and all that stuff. Navy always gives Notre Dame a tough time. Well,
1: here's the thing, too. When you have the ranked teams that are left undefeated, you have the top four that are in the college football playoff. But then after that, UCF is the next best undefeated team. The other unbeatens, you have, like, NC State who's undefeated, which is why I'm saying look out Clemson, and then Cincinnati and South Florida. But they're ranked lower in the late teens, early 20s. So that's... uh, pretty much it. Before we step aside for a break let's go over uh, what we had the start of the college football season and what our rankings actually were Um, I do have them somewhere. We're about to get them out right now Okay, for some reason I'm having trouble finding it Um, As I know I remember what I had Oh, here we go. We have them. Uh Kyle Russo, you had Alabama, Penn State, Georgia, and Clemson. So, you probably have 2 of your 4 left in the room. Yeah. I had Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, and Penn State. We had the same thing. Yeah. So, Mike, you had you switched yours multiple times. You had Alabama, <laughs> OSU, Clemson, and then Washington. Washington. Chris, Chris you it's had Georgia, bad. Bama, OSU. You did have Ohio State. Okay, I did. I thought then, I was crazy. Yeah, but then you threw in Wisconsin, so
3: yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, McLeod. So I basically just I got two teams in there. So
1: at this rank, we're midseason. Do we want to reevaluate quick here? I'll reevaluate. Sure. Let's reevaluate quick. We have a little time. I'm going to go ahead. Uh, I'm going to say Alabama. I'm going to say Ohio State. Nice. I'm going to say Notre Dame. Happily. And then you know it's tough because I don't necessarily know if Clemson is gonna come out. I want to be different here and take a wild card pick. Georgia is ranked eighth. You can't realistically count them out because they're probably gonna play wouldn't they play Alabama or LSU and the SEC game, gym, right? right? That's so just... it depends who makes that title game. Yes. I think. Uh West Virginia, they don't have many big big games left that can be super convincing. Don't sleep on Oklahoma. UCF's not going to get in, unfortunately. I'm going to take a wild card here. I'm going to say, uh, give me, ugh. man. I guess give me, give me LSU. Go ahead.
2: Um, I'll, I'll go quickly. You know, Alabama, Ohio State. I will go Clemson, and you know, I want to go LSU, but I think the SEC team SEC teams, will just beat up on each other. So I will do the unthinkable. You go Notre Dame. And I'll put it to Notre Dame, even though I don't think that will happen. But we will see.
3: All right, I'll go Bama, not in order. Bama, Notre Dame,
1: Michigan, LSU. Wow. That's a bad pick. Kyle Russo.
2: He's a bad guy.
1: I'm going to go Alabama. (laughs)
0: He's not a bad guy. Notre Dame, and I really think... That Texas sneaks in because LSU, LSU, right. LSU still has to play Alabama, which I don't think there's a chance that they win that game. And then Michigan, who's at number six right now, has to go through Michigan State. and They got the bye, then they got Penn State, and then to finish off the season, they got to play Ohio State, which and, they never beat. Well, I don't think they're going to win any of those games. I really don't. I would tend to agree.
1: So I really think that at the end of the day, I think Texas has a real shot of sneaking in at number four.
2: That, on, that'd be very fun like if it. they make a run.
1: On that note, we're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we will talk some NFL football. You're listening to Review and Preview here on mywcwp.org and WCWP Sports. Now back
0: to Review and Preview on wcwpsports.org.
4: Oh.
1: Good evening, and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Mike Dawes, Chris Klimaszewski, Kyle Russo. Let's get to those New York Jets. If you're just tuning in now, you missed a little bit. You missed college football and our... Analysis on the Major League Baseball Playoffs.
3: You basically missed everything, guys. We're disappointed in you. Oh, you did fans. not miss everything. We have, a <laughs> big, we have
1: a big debate upcoming later with the New York football giants, which should be fun. And we'll talk about some of the big games this week there as well and some basketball. All right, so let's get to the Jets. I was at this game. So was our former co-host, Greg Vavernick. I had fun at this game as a football fan. I was sitting next to two lonely Colts fans, but, you know, it was... Uh, <laughs> My dad had a fun time because he's a Jets fan, and you know it was it was fun to just watch the game itself because from the get go, the Jets had complete control of this game. I think it was guys, it was the second or third play, Luck throws a screen that the running back can't handle. That wasn't Luck's fault. If yeah. you're the running back, you got to catch that football, no. And then uh, Morris Claiborne runs it back for a pick six for a touchdown. From that point on, there was a feeling oh, yeah. that the Jets were just going to come out and win this game, despite the Colts. Scoring a touchdown on their following drive to tie it up. Something that there was a feeling inside in that stadium that just told you, all right, the Jets are going to win this game. The Colts don't have a shot. Look, luck was without two of his top targets and T.Y. Hilton and Jack Doyle. Um, so he had to, you know, he had to throw to other guys like Grant, um, Eric Ebron, Get nice Hines, team. Mack came back, Marlon Mack was a big boost for them. Naheem Hines. That did not do much but you know ebron has emerged into a top seven top eight yes. tight end in this league with jack doyle being out
2: yeah i would agree and the doyle and hilton injuries were they were huge because you saw the colts drop two touchdown passes towards i think the middle of the game and you know they left points on the board there and that could have been huge
0: but yeah yeah was hines like, was uh they had a play like right on the three yard line they yeah threw it straight to hines he jumped up yeah he, he, he should
2: have jumped up yeah, yeah. I glad jumped up.
0: But. Yeah,
1: sure did. Um, all right, so let's um, let's talk more about the Jets. So they won 42-34. They scored 42 points, which was incredible. Uh, Luck had four touchdowns, but he also had three picks. We talked about Mac returned. Ebron had a solid game, but the real story here is Sam Darnold. Uh, I think for a rookie, yeah, Darnold's going to have his couple bad throws a game. He's good probably right now. He's good for an interception a game. But he handles himself very well. There's a couple times it's those little things, knowing when to run, uh, knowing when to elude the pocket and get some yardage and not try to throw the ball into double, triple Mm -hmm. coverage, throwing the ball away, even, like, taking a sack. Like, it's those little things that you don't see it yet in Rosen and Allen. You see it in Darnold. You see it a little bit in Baker. Yes. But Sam Darnold, I think he handles handles himself pretty well for a rookie. No,
3: yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Tom. And you can see this is what he was working on during this offseason with Josh McCown. I think Josh McCown's playing a huge factor into how good Sam Darnold's playing right now. I mean, mm-hmm. and when you saw, if you saw you uh, tape on him on USC, his big this big thing was protecting the ball and throwing interceptions when he was at USC. And now you can see he's doing. I mean, he's still throwing interceptions, but I mean, what rookie isn't? At quarterback, I mean, right. he's, yeah. he's he's taking it back though. He's protecting the ball very well. He's and he's playing very smart too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he handled himself very well on that two minute drive just before the half ended. Sure did. And I mean, yeah, they only got three points out of it. And you even heard him at what he said after the fight. He was very disappointed. He was like, "Hey, Jason Myers, it's great you kicked all these field goals, but we got to score touchdowns." Like, right?
1: Definitely.
3: Yeah. So I mean, like, so he's like kind of mad at himself, that, like they didn't score enough touchdowns, but like. He's composing himself very good, and you can see see how Josh McCown is helping him out with this as well, too.
1: Well, that's part of the problem, too, the red zone right now for the Jets, because you look at this game, guys. You brought up Jason Myers, seven field goals, seven. That accounted for 24 of their 42 points, Mm -hmm. not to mention you take Myers' 24 and the defensive touchdown. That's 31 of your 42 points. Your offense scored 11 points.
3: Yeah, but, but see that's the good thing about the Jets this year too. Last year, you didn't really see all aspects of their game working out for them well. I mean, but now you're seeing.
1: Wait, that didn't stand right. The no, Jets' offense scored 11. Wait, hold on. It would uh, be 12, but it's all right, Tom. It's all right. We're not going to give them the extra points. It's, the it's... Uh, No,
0: the f- the the field goal. He had seven field goals, that's twenty one points, thirty one points. points, that's
1: twenty-four. Yeah, you're right. And then Matt is hard, man. Yeah. It's difficult. It's twenty one, twenty eight. So the Jets scored I, two touchdowns.
3: I, back to what I was saying. Last year we <laughs> didn't you, <laughs> you didn't really see a lot of improvement in on all aspects of the Jets game. This year you're seeing on literally every aspect that the Jets are actually improving and doing well. You see it on the offense, Sam Darnold. The backfield and the wide receivers are all playing very well. The defense is very composed and doing good as well. They're yeah. still making a little bit of mistakes, but they're playing well too. And even the special teams. The special teams is what we've been lacking for a, a special while.
2: special teams is the biggest. This is the best special teams I've ever seen the Jets have. Yeah, this exactly. Is like this is, Brad we, Smith is returning.
3: I, that's what I was You took the words right out. It looks. Wow, it feels like little, Nick Falk and Brad Smith are back.
1: I'm going to disagree a little bit. I don't think the return game is that good. Oh, well, that's just not true. well. This, I saw it at firsthand, though, on Sunday. Like that, since, n- since, since Leon Washington... Who really has like been their best r- return man? No, but see, and that's oh, the Brad thing Smith. though.
3: The Jets haven't had a kick return I think ever in since like Brad so Smith. Since like Brad Smith Brad, was here, and Brad that Smith. was in 2012. So for Jet fans, you can say that this is the best thing we've ever seen, and it, it's clearly helping us out too, especially with Jason Mars. He kicked seven right. for seven field goals.
1: My problem is this: you, as I'm not a Jets fan. You ask me who returns kicks for the Jets right now. I don't think either of us could tell you who I can't returns tell you. kicks for the Jets right I can't now. Tell Andre you? Roberts. Andre Roberts. Yeah. Okay. See, I, I had zero clue. So yeah, but
2: I mean, who knows every kick returner? It's usually just a random wide receiver. Right.
1: Singer. But my, my the point I'm, I'm making, guys, is Leon Washington. I knew who that was. You know, as a football fan, like you, you feared him every every week. And part of it too is now you're moving it up to the 35. That eliminates a lot of the returning. You see a lot of touchbacks. Um, but, yeah, no, I don't think Roberts is a bad returner. It's just when you're trying to compare him to a guy, to a higher dynamic in Leon Washington, who is just incredible to watch. Oh,
3: yeah, absolutely, yeah. But, like like I said, the Jets have been lacking this for years they now. Have. So to actually see John J. Roberts kick, kick returns and punt returns so, and take him back far, it's yeah. it's great.
1: I think it's great. The Jets are 3-3. Three and three. Chris Herndon, the rookie out of Miami, scored his first NFL touchdown. He's doing well. Good job for him.
3: Yeah, he's doing good, too. And me and, me and Mike were talking about this the other day. We don't have... Like a solid, like like a star tight end, but we have Eric Tomlinson who's been playing decent. Chris Herndon's playing uh, well. Uh, Jordan Leggett, he's all right. And once Neil Sterling comes back, I think he'll be
1: very well. He he played last week. What's you say? Too many penalties. Oh yeah. In this game, for both teams, too too many penalties. Um, They had a nice screenplay set up to Tomlinson that was called back for a hold. Mm -hmm. Um, Look, I, I think Carpenter is okay. I, I Spencer Long is Doral is edible. He he
2: can't snap the ball. Every snap, Donald and Who else took do they have? They have
1: Winters, Beecham, Winters, and
2: Beecham, and Brandon Shell. They need five Shell, year and linemen. And they
1: have Quivalli, So yeah, quality, Yeah, Um, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's something that's gonna take time. Shout out Shane Hughes, um, all the way from Ireland, watching our video.
3: Ah, international. Look at this. We're going international. <laughs> Let's um, go.
1: Yes, this is not an international show, but we give our Facebook Live viewers shout-outs. All right, so the Jets, yes, Claiborne had the pick six. Darren Lee had a pick. This was a great game for the Jets Um, looking ahead to uh, the game against the Minnesota Vikings. They're home for this game as well, right? Yes, three straight home uh, games. Three straight home games for the Jets. The Minnesota Vikings come into town. Yeah, they're 3-2-1, and one, but they're better than what their record says, I think. They're one of the hottest teams in the league. They're a top-ten team, hands down. Um, they have the best wide receiver in football. Yes, the good news is Dalvin Cook is out, but I don't know how much that downgrades their offense because you still have Latavius Murray, who is a serviceable guy. He had a great former, week last week. He did, former starter for the Raiders. And you have Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, an excellent tandem. You have Kyle Rudolph. This is a very good offense with an excellent quarter, with an excellent quarterback that, remember, the Jets were on the phone with Kirk Cousins. They were on the verge of getting him, but Minnesota got him. Uh, so let's talk and let's see what our uh, predictions are for this game um, and the Jets and the Vikings. But before we do that, let's analyze it a little bit. Uh, how does Darnold fare against a defense that has struggled at times this year? But when you look at the Vikings' defense top to bottom, Let's talk about that because you have Everson Griffin, Daniel Hunter, Linval Joseph, Kendricks, Harrison Smith, Sandejo, Xavier Rhodes. The list goes on. That's a lot of defensive stars that I just named. How does Darnold and this Jets offense stack up against them?
2: Well, I mean, I think it all starts with this offensive line because you just named three stud defensive linemen. So, I mean, if he can get time, I think he can, he can throw the ball a little bit. And that's, you know, I'm not saying he'll throw for 330 yards against this defense, but... I don't know. I think he could fare well against his Vikings defense if he has time. If the offensive line is off, then this is going to be a nightmare, I believe.
0: Well, I think the run game is going to be completely eliminated in this game for the Jets. I mean, they're just going to, nothing is going to be there. I mean, because not, it's not about, it's not even about the offensive line, it's just the dynamicness and the athleticness Mm -hmm. in their running backs that they have starting. I mean, I don't think they'd be able to necessarily avoid some of these defenders. Right. But something in their favor, from what I've seen over the Jets over the past uh, couple weeks, is that. Todd Bowles, as head coach, has allowed Sam Darnold to really unleash his arm. I mean, the first couple of games we saw just a bunch of 20-yard passes, nothing more than that. But now we're seeing him unleash his, uh, unleash his arm. Right. We now look at the Minnesota Vikings defense. Mike Hughes, their first-round pick this year, out for the season with torn ACL. That's their starting cornerback. So, I mean, he could potentially
1: take a advantage of that. I mean, really. I don't think so. Look, I love Sam Darnold as a rookie and as a, as a New York Jet, but I don't see Darnold doing well in this game. I, I really don't, because you, you're, you're dealing with Harrison Smith, who is, you know, the second best safety in football, are arguably the best, and he is a ball hog, and he's a tackler. He's basically a linebacker and a safety, and that, that, that defense just scares me. Yeah, they had one bad game against Buffalo. I mean, I'm
3: looking at the schedule right now that they played, I mean... The 49 Niners were there in that game. They only lost by a score. Uh, the the They only beat the Cardinals by 10 points. I mean, this that is not... That game
2: was very close the entire game. To, yeah,
3: so this Vikings... Like, the only, like I, Tom, I agree with you 100%. On paper, the Vikings should absolutely destroy the Jets. But the way the Vikings have been playing all year... Record, yeah, exactly. So the way the Vikings have been playing all year, it's tough to say, especially with the Jets coming in hot, two wins. I mean, the offense is, looks like it's starting to click on all yeah. cylinders right now, yeah, so... I, who knows? This this game honestly could be up in the air.
1: My thing is this. Um, Minnesota is starting to click now as well. You know, the Jets are starting to click, but so is Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And I think a good Minnesota versus a good Jets, you got to give the Vikings the edge here. No, I 100%. Any yeah. final thoughts before we get into picks?
0: Yeah, without a doubt, give the edge to the Vikings. But I think the defense, from what I've seen with the Jets, can... It's I mean, good. this, this Vikings good. this Vikings team, the offense, no matter how good they are, they're not a team that's going to put 100 points up on you. No. And especially with a Jets defense that's pretty good against an O-line that is
1: not that great in the Minnesota Vikings. And Kirk Cousins is not immune to turnovers.
3: It's the revenge game, too, as well. Uh, Sheldon Richardson, humble return.
1: Shall we uh, proceed here? Yes. Dawes. Yeah. Do scores? Ahead. Go ahead. Oh,
2: okay, so scores. Um, I'd love to see the Jets win, but I would have to pick the Vikings. I would okay. say about... I think it would be close. I would say like 31-27 type of game. 27 seems like a lot, actually. I'm saying it out loud. 31-27.
0: Vikings.
1: Did it anyway. Kyle Russo.
0: I'm going to go 28-17. Minnesota. Jets? Oh,
1: damn. Chris.
3: I'm going to go... Do it. Yes, I'm gonna, you want it. I'm going to go 24-21 yes. Yes. Jets.
2: Let's go. I mean, if they win, it's going to be like that, so... Game winning field goal.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Question. Did Answers. Dawes influence you at all in that decision?
3: No. I had Jets all the way. Okay, I was just of thinking of the score the whole time.
1: Okay. Vikings, 27 20.
3: Close game. We all picked 12 games except for Kyle, but.
1: I think the Jets defense keeps, <laughs> keeps them in. I just. 28 oh, 17 is not that bad. Um, It's not that bad. I just think that the Jets' defense is going to keep them in it. I just don't think Sam Darnold has a good game.
0: Darnold's going to have his picks. The run game is probably going to be eliminated. it's not
1: him. It's the Vikings' defense because they will eliminate the run game and potentially make the Jets' offense one-dimensional, which is scary when you're dealing with a rookie quarterback who isn't experienced. This team was one game away from the Super Bowl last year, and there's a reason why. You know, with a a team that was led by Case Keenum at quarterback. The best part about this team was their defense last year. On that note, we're going to get to our team of the week. It is 7.57. We're getting to it a little bit early. Let's get to our uh, team of the week here. Uh, Do you guys have a team in mind? Yeah, 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 I'll go go first. Uh, Mike, go ahead. Sure. Team of the week.
2: Um, I'm going to pick the Boston Red Sox. Because you know, I mean, if you dominate an LCS boring. like that,
1: boring. You picked that last week as well. I mean,
2: look at them; they're they're on a roll. So I got you. Got to stay with them. I mean, Tope they mine. dominated ah, the Astros, man. the defending champs. Chris,
1: what are we gonna so, do? I think that was pretty special. <laughs> what
3: are we gonna do? Um, yeah, I'll see my team of the week, and I'm. I know I'm gonna be boring as well too. But I'm going with the Jets again. I picked again. the. I picked the Jets last week. Look, Chris, they, you picked the Jets like the Colts? every week. Yeah, I know they beat one the Colts. And I'll, I'll so tell you. I'll tell, point you point I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I'm picking the Jets. The I'll tell you why I'm picking the Jets, because Sam Darnold had the best game of his of the year, his year so far. He went twenty-four for thirty, two interceptions, one one. I mean, two touchdowns, one interception, and he looked he looked great. He looked like a not like a seasoned vet, but he looked like he's been playing this league for a couple years now. He looked great.
2: Yeah. I agree.
0: <laughs> he looked great. He looks he, good against a decimated Indianapolis Colts defense. I mean, who's there?
2: It's not decimated; it's nonexistent. Okay. Okay. Well, Malik Hooker's right. there.
0: Get an Dair- interception. There you da- go. D- Darius
1: Leonard. Darius,
0: Darius Leonard's Darius, playing a great good season. Great season. Good. What, about, what about the cornerbacks? Is, I, don't that's, that's, I don't think there's that's anything, that's, anything there. Yeah, uh, well, a, you know, that's another thing. I mean,
2: they got two good names. Yeah.
0: There you go. It's enough. You know, I'm taking the Jets. Kyle Rousseau. Even though they lost, they proved a lot to me. I'm gonna go with the Kansas City Chiefs as my team of the week. I mean, really, this what is
1: a losing team! This guy, Patrick Mahomes, Tom, has
0: shown... Tom is baffled by Chris, all us. Chris, I know, I know. Three weeks ago, you still weren't on the Patrick Mahomes boat. How about now? You still are you on oh, the phone? Oh, I,
3: I, I, you, t- I, texted Mike. The, the this after the second game of the season, I texted Mike. I was like, I couldn't be more wrong about Patrick Mahomes. I mean, this, this guy's phenomenal. This guy's great. Without a
0: doubt, this guy bad. could straight up play. And uh, yeah. to fight against New England Patriots like this, forty-three to forty. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. I, that's a potential AFC matchup right there in the championship it's game. AFC
1: championship game yeah. this year. And I, I think now that you have a high-caliber quarterback in Pat Mahomes, um not saying that Smith wasn't, but Pat Mahomes can definitely compete with Brady in that defense in a potential AFC championship game. Yep. Yeah. Um, and they are one game ahead of New England in the standings. But back to planet Earth here, I'm going to pick a clear team of the week. Um the LSU Tigers. I think Super. it's plain and simple, um, because they upset Georgia and they're now ranked fifth in the country. How do you like? Ha, how do you overlook a team like that now if you're the co- if you're the committee? Because if one of those top four loses, who's the next in LSU, who has a conference title game potentially? LSU, who doesn't? Notre Dame. Uh, that's, that's something huge. to think about. And that's why they are my team of the week. Good segment. Very nice. Very, very nice. Tired. We went one hour clean. All right. We're going to uh, step aside for another quick break. When we come back, we will review last week's NFL games and preview what's to come. You're listening to Review and Preview here on mywcwp.org and WCWP Sports.
0: Now back to Review and Preview on wcwpsports.org.
1: Bringing up the tunes. Great songs, All right. Mike, yeah, great, great song selections. You no know, video and released just today. That's, that's a good one, Mike. We had an excellent first hour of review and preview, and we're going to start our second hour of the show with a fun fact. Yes. As we review last week's NFL games. By the way, I'm Tom Sikbetta here with Chris Klimazewski, Mike Dawes, Cal Russo. The fun fact is it was just commented on our Facebook live stream by the one and only Jeff Kroll. Jeff Kroll. The New England Patriots-Kansas City Chiefs game last week, that was a score of 43-40. to 40. That's the first 43 to 43-40 score ever in pro football history. That includes NFL or AFL. Wow, that's Mike, crazy. you having fun? Yeah. That was that was Honestly, I
3: had a lot of fun. That's Thank you, Jeff.
1: Wow. Shout out,
0: Jeff Kroll.
3: We'll see you tomorrow.
2: Pretty cool name. Don't know who you are, yeah. but that's an awesome name, dude.
0: Giving us some content on the show right now. Giving us some content. Yeah. Yeah, someone pay this,
2: man.
1: Someone pay
3: us.
1: (laughs) All right. So the big hot news today, uh, you know, we just reviewed that game between the Chiefs and New England, which was probably the game of the week, the Sunday night football game. Um, Yeah, without a doubt. Carlos Hyde traded to the Jacksonville Jaguars um, from Cleveland for a 2019 fifth-round pick. Thoughts? Dawes.
2: Um, well, I mean, you know, I'm surprised that Cleveland even traded him. I know they have like a deep running back room, but and obviously mm-hmm. Jacksonville, they must know something about Fournette. Maybe he's not coming back for a few more weeks. Yeah, and they need they need some backs in there. So, I do like the move from Jacksonville too. <laughs> exactly, I do like the move from Jacksonville though to uh, shore up your
3: running back room. Yeah, so I think absolutely. it'll work out for them. I mean, I agree. Yeah, yeah I I like the. But I, what doesn't make any sense is that, I mean, yeah, Nick, you drafted Nick Chubb in the second round. That's cool. But, it, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Carlos High has been your premier back all year. I mean, other than one game where Nick Chubb broke out two just long runs and had a 100-yard game, he hasn't really done anything, and neither has no. Duke Johnson at all. So, I mean, it's kind of like a little weird you doing this. I mean, I wasn't a personal fan of the signing at the beginning of the season for the Browns. I didn't think – I thought they were – personally, I thought they were going to draft Saquon first, but, I mean, hey, that's why they don't pay me the big bucks. But, I mean, look, it's a good trade for the Browns. You want to stay young, build in the draft as well too, and send them to a team. That needs a running back, and we yeah, like Mike said, they must the Jaguars must know something about Leonard Fournette that he might not be coming back soon.
1: And I guess um, now Jacksonville is loaded at running back, so Fournette must be out long term because now it's Yeldon, Hyde, and Jamal Charles who, yeah. who who was signed last week. Now this leads me to ask you guys this question: Obviously, with Fournette out of the picture, potentially long term, who starts? I mean, you still got to go with Yeldon. He's riding the hot hand right now in the backfield he's been doing the job I don't think you bench him just because you traded for Hyde I think you work Hyde in for sure on on Sunday but uh yeah Hyde is a- what are your thoughts on how Hyde fits into this offense will it affect Yeldon's status as the starter in the backfield
2: no I think they got to keep with Yeldon as a starter because you know he's he's been good and you know he knows the playbook
1: obviously I would hope because I gotta yeah. meet Connor <laughs> Lambert this week by the way our fantasy league is going well we're all doing well Oh, you guys fantastic. are all 4-2.
3: I'm 4-2 I'm and and yeah. in sixth place. I just saw that. I was like, what the hell can Kyle, I do?
1: You took a big beating
0: last week. Yeah, by you, Tom. Was, it, it was wow. not good. It wow. was not good. Listen. And Mike.
1: I forgot to sit Devontae Freeman the last second. I was at work, and I'm like, oh. No, I was at the Jet game. I'm sorry. I was so focused because we were trying to catch the train to get to Jersey, the New Jersey Transit. Of course. And I legit forget to sit Devontae Freeman. I start flipping out, but then <laughs> I see that. You know, I'm It doesn't by matter. Like forty points. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, that's what that happens d- when it That's what happens when Cooper Cup gets out and two of my other players get yeah. three points. So yeah, the one steal of our draft this year though was Juju Smith-Schuster, and it is my fault for taking Amari Cooper over him. That was my one mistake in in the draft, and I will openly admit that. So shout out to, um, I was about to call you by your team name, Uneven Chris. Um, <laughs> can we, can, can we, it, can we it, say my team you, name on air? No, we cannot. No. Oh, okay. Don't yeah, don't don't say it out loud no. when you read it, but um, yeah. So that was <laughs> that was fun. All right. So other news: Marshawn Lynch is out for a month, which I don't know why. Maybe the Raiders <laughs> didn't want to get in a deal for Hyde, um, but they're looking at the as the much Raiders as are, are looking really bad. As much as John
0: Gruden doesn't want to
1: admit, it, at the end of the day,
0: they're looking a tank. When you hear they're looking to trade away Garen Connolly. Amari Cooper, even though he's not a factor in this offense. You know, you trade away Clark. Clark. He's trying to build a team that's his. So he's trying to—they're trying to—I'm not going to say tank, but he's trying to make it his own, and in
1: that fashion, he's getting rid of all their best players. Well, let's be real. He did not want to trade Khalil Mack. That was not in his agenda. Mack wanted to get traded. Well, I think it forced him—I think the contract of John
0: Gruden and just the attitude of John Mm -hmm. Gruden— His hands were up to here on that. You know, the blood was up, you know? Well, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. At the end of the day, when— you see a guy of John Gruden who hasn't coached in eight years and he gets $100 million and they don't give any of that love to Khalil Mack at the end of the day, it's going to show some hatred towards John Gruden in Khalil Mack's eyes. And that's what winded up happening. We all know that. Yeah. He's balling out on Chicago right now. but He is balling out. Uh, you like that. And I quote that. <laughs> but at the end of the day, when you look at this Oakland team, we don't expect much. Nothing's really going to happen. Marshawn. Marshawn wasn't even a factor on this team right now. Yeah, no. So to lose him for a month, I'm not going to say because he's a good player, but, I mean, it really doesn't matter at this point.
1: So other big games from last week. We're not going to go over every game, but we're just going to go over some of the big games that happened last week. We talked about New England um, and Kansas City. Week 7 was a fun week for football, Um, not for some teams, but – our locks last week will go over that as well. Um the Texans beat the Bills twenty to thirteen. The Steelers beat the Bengals twenty-eight-twenty one, a big AFC North matchup. Antonio Brown, the game winning uh thirty-one yard touchdown catch, which was definitely big for Pittsburgh, try, trying desperately to get back on track. You know, because right now they are uh you know, they're not looking they're not looking too hot, but that division is up for grabs. My pick, uh, the Chargers upsetting the Browns on the road, 38-14. Melvin Gordon at career high, three rushing touchdowns. I'm going to say one thing. Called it. Come on, Tom, it's the Browns. I mean, really, come on. Right, but. I
0: think I picked the Browns my upset. It's an
1: upset. Hopefully it's an I didn't. upset. Was it an upset? It was. There's no way the Browns were favored in this well, game. Well, Chris took Buffalo, so Chris was wrong, uh Mike took Pittsburgh, he was right. Kyle, you took Kansas City, you were wrong. I'm happy with I'm happy with that pick still.
2: It was a good game. Other yeah.
1: games, uh, the Dolphins beat the Bears. So Kyle Russo, you were 0 for 2 in Week 6. Yikes! Yeah. Um, Sanders hit the game winning 47 yard field goal in overtime. Uh, Minnesota wins. That was my lock over the Cardinals. Uh, Look, Adam Thielen, now six straight games with over 100 receiving yards. He's uh, so good. I'm not saying he's the best player in the league, but at the very least you got to throw him in the MVP discussion. Oh, absolutely. For a non-quarterback player with how well Oh, well he's, he's been the doing? best receiver in the league right now without a doubt. There's, oh, hands down. From production standpoint, yeah, 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 yeah. standpoint just in general, the
0: way he handles himself and uh, and production again. I mean, the yep. guy has what? Yep. I think he has like a
1: touchdown in every single game he's played so far. He does. Yeah. And he's
2: got the good old Jets this week.
1: Well, no, actually, no. I don't think he does. He missed one game with a touchdown. But I think he has a touchdown in five out of six games. Still. Seattle beats up on the Raiders 27-3 on the road. Seahawks 3-3 for the first time since 2014. The Redskins beat the Panthers. Josh Norman with the pick and a forced fumble against his former team. Big win for the Redskins and Josh Norman against the Panthers. The Rams survived Denver on the road, 23-20. Todd Gurley, career high, 208 rushing yards. Somehow, this is the game that shocks me. Cole Beasley, first of oh, all, excellent game. What Two game. touchdowns, 100 receiving yards. How in the world... Does Jacksonville lose to Dallas forty to seven? That still has me scratching my head. It
2: still has me mad because as a gambler, I would have had mucho money if they didn't do that. Ooh. But, yeah, that was Spanish from yeah. a lot. I think yeah, I don't we have know. we have
0: people from Ireland, a little bit of I know, but
2: Spanish I mean, Spanish
1: in this cultural mixtures here on the show. The, the last leg of the parlay was Not Jaguars
2: really. minus three, and they just they they got blown up from the start. Yeah. Cowboys yeah, had like a, from these. Keenan start.
1: Cole had that really bad fumble that he yeah. lost. Um, yeah, it it was it was bad, man. It was that bad. Was bad. You're, when your leading receiver has 41 yards, Blake Blake Bortles, look, there is chaos in Jacksonville right right now. They're three and three for a reason. Uh, Blake Portals is not cutting it. Um, another game we're going to talk about, especially here with Kyle Russo, the Baltimore Ravens beat the Tennessee Titans 21 nothing. You told me to pick the Titans as an upset last week. I never Ooh. would say that. I, you told Ever. me I, Maybe. I would never say. Especially
0: with this defense. I would never say. They were coming off. Maybe of,
1: you picked it the other way around. Maybe you did the other way around. But Baltimore just had a franchise record 11, 11 sacks. sacks. 11 Shit, this sacks. 11 No way. a
2: good line, too. So no, they don't. They have a terrible line. Well,
1: they have the best
2: tackle combination in the league. Yes. So, yeah, it's not even close.
1: Hey, uh, if it works, it works. Uh, kudos to Baltimore improving the 4 and 2. That AFC North is a fun division right now, especially with the Browns competing this year. They'll probably still be the dogs of that division. Of course. uh, (laughs) Love it. No pun intended. Anyway, um, and then Green Bay survives uh, the 49ers. Saints and Lions had a bye. So, good job. Um, Mike, you were the only person to get both your picks right this week. I mean, you know,
2: it's not surprising.
1: He's a betting man. He's got to be accurate. Thank you. All right. So you can't um. put <laughs> let's review the last game which happened last night the Thursday night football game the Broncos improved to three and four as they defeat the Arizona Cardinals 45 to 10 Arizona drops to one and six for an NFL worst and I've got one thing to say Cardinals cannot lose 45 to 10 at home look stop. <laughs> you have a good defense you have a respectable defense good enough for me to start them last night In my Yahoo League. To be fair, Josh Rosen threw two pick sixes in the first quarter. That was the first rookie to ever do that in a game. Two pick sixes in one quarter. Five giveaways in this game for Rosen. Three picks. Three fumbles. Lost two of them. Nice. So technically six times he coughed off the ball. Just They were able to recover one of those three. So those five giveaways and two pick sixes, guys. Led to the firing of offensive coordinator Mike McCoy. Not even twenty four hours after I mean, yeah. that'll, that'll I felt do it felt so bad just saying that right there. There's I mean, there's no
0: I mean, that's me all you could do at this point. Yeah. I mean at the end of the day that's they have tough. no production. Not I mean much. especially yeah. even from their only I guess you'd say dominant offensive player in David Johnson. I mean he does he went from a level of, you know, questioning if he's the best back in the league to just I mean, average at this point. Yeah. So really I mean it's in
1: I think the Arizona Cardinals are the worst team in football. Come on. Yeah. Come no, on. yeah, no, without a doubt. Right, nobody's thank
0: you. nobody's questioning that. Thanks. I was just, I'm, I'm thinking about. It took you a second. Because I'm thinking about Oakland, too. Oh, well, Oakland's pretty bad. Yeah. I'm thinking about Oakland, and too.
1: Giants
3: are pretty bad, too.
0: I mean, they're only we'll good to them. them. We'll get to the them. The only <laughs> win is against Cleveland in an overtime win, so I'm thinking about that. It's true. Yeah.
2: And also, Vegas said this will be a close game, one point spread. And, and I mean, they
1: were 45 wrong. to 10. They're completely wrong. Um, completely wrong. All right, so it's 8 15. Let's finish up here. Uh, in that game, Emmanuel Sanders incredible line, six for one hundred two. The twenty-eight yard TD pass. Von Miller two sacks, couple forced fumbles. Bradley Chubb had two sacks. Great game for him. Um, another coordinator fire this week. Tampa Bay fired Mike Smith, their defensive coordinator. Right, so yes. that makes sense. Uh, it does make.
0: They sense. have the worst. They probably have the worst defense in the league, if not top.
1: I mean, because they are terrible. And one last fun fact here. Um, Opposing quarterbacks, right, against New England, the New England Patriots teams that they faced, the quarterbacks of the other team, all quarterbacks under the age of 25 have not been very successful at Gillette Stadium. In fact, they're 1-42 all time playing at Gillette Stadium under 25. Without looking at your script, who has that one win?
3: I know. Is it Mark Sanchez?
1: Chris, no.
3: It's Colin Kaepernick.
1: He totally looked. No,
3: uh, I swear to God. It's not even on the other page. That just,
1: <laughs> there is a complete moment of silence on the show there. <laughs> well, no, the well, is he right?
0: I mean, we all know about Colin Kaepernick. I mean, yes. when he first
1: started off, he was a stud. There's no doubt about it. Oh, He's
0: right. right. So it doesn't really, I mean, obviously, listening to win at Gillette Stadium, I mean, you know the dominance of the Patriots and what they bring to the table at home. But, I mean, it's not, that's not really a surprise. <laughs> That, it's not really that, a surprise.
1: Rough, rough. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> and Pat Mahomes easily could it have happened. been the second player to ever do that. Easily it through. happened. All right. So, um, before we preview the big games, actually, let's uh, let's preview the big games here quick since we're already on football uh, this week, week seven. You know, things are getting a little chirpy out here. You got the Titans and the Chargers. A top-five offense in the Chargers against the top-five defense in Tennessee. Uh, Chargers should win this game at home. This game is in London, I believe. It's a 9.30 a.m. game. Love it. Football all day. Love football all day. I love it. New England on the road at Soldier Field against the Chicago Bears and Khalil Mack. That's going to be very interesting to watch. Very interesting. The Bills and the Colts, boo. Uh, Houston and Jacksonville, that's going to be a battle in Jacksonville. You got, See, the, a 12-9 game. you got the 12 9 games. You got the Panthers offense. and the Eagles at Lincoln Financial. Um, the Bucks and the Browns a meeting between two former Heisman Trophy winners, Baker Mayfield versus James Winston. I like it. You got the number one scoring offense against the number one scoring defense, the Saints at the Ravens. Two, a couple four win teams. Uh, Cowboys at Washington. The winner of this game will most likely uh, take control of first place in the NFC East. The Rams at the 49ers. Rams are six and and0 First time since 01. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Greatest show on turf. This is gonna be a fun game at Arrowhead Stadium. You got the Bengals at the Chiefs. Chiefs are five and one. Bengals are four and two. The Bengals have won four straight games against Kansas City. Fun fact. I think that'll end on Monday night. And then you got the Giants, the Falcons, and Monday night football, which we'll talk about a little bit later. And on a bye this week, you got the Raiders, Seahawks, Steelers, Packers. So at this time, you know what time it is? One lock. One upset. Dun-dun-dun. Who right. is ready to take on the daunting task of going first? I'm ready.
0: All right. So, Locke, I think it's pretty obvious. You know the Rams against San Francisco. I think that's that That should almost be a guaranteed no doubt about it.
1: And then my upset, I'm going to pick Chicago against New England. So, Kyle, you have the Rams as your lock. Upset, Chicago versus New England. England. Chris, you ready?
3: I am ready.
1: Born ready, huh?
3: My lock is the Falcons over the Giants. Good pick. Wow.
2: I love the instigating, like, all the time. (laughs) I love it.
3: And my upset, Ravens over Saints. Oh, Ravens are favored. All right, never mind. Bengals over Chiefs. Thank you.
2: (laughs) Okay, so. I didn't know the Ravens were favored. you know, you got to educate yourself.
3: I do. So, yeah. uh, wow! <laughs> this is why I'm going to fight him after the, after the show.
1: Oh
2: my! All right, so I would go with my upset. It's between. It's between. Oh, so you got to pick a game. You can't Browns. go five and
0: six like the Houston and Boston thing. You got to. You got to pick one. Oh, What's well, different?
2: All right. Well, let's go. My favorite first. My favorite. I will take the.
3: Do favorite. It. This is locker. Upset. Do it. That's
2: why, man. The lock. This guy. Do it. Oh man! I, I guess I'm going to go with. The Ravens. I do like the Ravens at home versus the Saints.
1: That's your upset? That's my, that's my lock. Uh, my favorite. That's your lock. Okay.
2: And my upset? Do it. I like two, but I will go with the Cleveland Browns in Tampa Bay. I wanted yeah. to pick. That's an upset? Yes. Yeah, it's an upset. Tampa I wanted what? to pick. Wow. The home field advantage is like, always going So,
1: uh, my lock Panthers. is going to be the Vikings over the Jets. Yeah. It's a pretty good lock. I couldn't do that. I know you couldn't, but unfortunately. Oh. There's, there's, okay. for, for the record, there's no line on the Lions-Dolphins game, so that cannot be picked. It is minus three, Lions, which I was just going to say, oh. I'm changing that to my lock. Lions minus Detroit.
2: three. Detroit? Oh, yeah. Over Baltimore? Over. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. In, in uh, changing. Make up your mind, man. So,
1: on I that note, um, I'm actually going to go ahead and take, as my upset, the Saints over the Ravens in Baltimore.
2: It's good value for an upset to it take is the good value.
1: <laughs> All right, so those are our locks and upsets. Uh, Perfect. At this time, we're gonna talk. The we're gonna transition into our favorite segment of the evening: the New York Football Giants.
3: Yes, this should be nice and no like
2: arguments.
1: All nice time. right.
3: This is this is the coming segment of the show, right? We
1: have no game to review because they played on Thursday last week. We already reviewed it, so let's start out by talking about the whole spiel with um, the injuries first. We'll smooth into it a little bit. Yeah. We'll smooth into it. Yeah, slowly get so, into it. Cody Latimer, done for the year. Ray, Beautiful. Ray Armstrong, done for the year. We go out, Grant Haley gets promoted to the 53 men. We go out, we sign Benny Fowler to the practice squad, and then we get uh, some other linebacker on the practice Corey squad. Corey Coleman's
0: of the practice squad, too?
1: And then, yeah, Corey <laughs> Coleman signed to the practice squad. They worked him out. I think that's a good, that is a, uh, that is a good potential pick. replacement for Cody Latimer because right now. You're sitting there, and Russell Shepard's your number 3 wide receiver. Like, what the heck? Yeah, that's ridiculous. It is It is ridiculous. Yeah. Um. All right. Oh, and by the way, Dante Dion was waived. Yeah, he was waived had, to add room uh, for uh, two picks. For Coleman. Yeah, so maybe that was a good move. We'll see, but let's face it. The Giants have little to no shot at Atlanta on Monday Night Football. Thank all you. Right. Thank you. Let's get into this debate, and we had a debate last night. What is the problem with the New York football Giants? If you want to say what the biggest problem is to the lowest problem, Mike, you sent me some interesting stuff earlier. Let's hear it.
2: I did. All right. So saw so this question going around the internet. So who would you blame for the Giants uh just current situation? So you list the four people. Number one's obviously the most blame. So your options are, listening to everybody here, options are Eli Manning, the offensive line, uh Jerry Reese, Jerry Reese, and Odell, Beckham, and Odell Beckham. How would you rank from one to being the most blame for their current situation from four to least blame? Go, pointing Kyle. All right. Can I wait? So, can I go
3: next? Sure.
0: Okay. I go. Jerry Reese is definitely number one. Oh, that's a good answer. Yeah. Okay. Number two is going to be Eli. Oh. Number oh, three is going to oh. be that oh. line. Number three is going to be that Number four is Odell. I'll tell you why. I'll oh. tell you right, right now. Oh my goodness! I'll tell you goodness. why. I'll tell you why. Jerry Kyle Reese, so. Jerry Reese, after the Super Bowl, just decided, you know, let's just mess up on every single pick that we have from rounds one <laughs> through seven. That's a good point.
1: Then, when you look at Eli, again, when you look at Eli, it's yeah. not. I'm not. So you just said he messed up on taking Odell Beckham Jr. because he was drafted in round one. He had some. Listen, Tom. You just said he, he messed had up. His stars. You just said he messed up. He Star from every year. Star. He went
0: from stars in Landon Collins and Odell to That's complete it. garbage. He, 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 there was nothing in between. Could you not agree?
1: There was really nothing this in was between. A great time to be a Jets
0: fan. Okay, so, All right, so listen. Okay, I didn't complete this. Didn't
1: complete. <laughs> How is Eli Manning ranked higher than Odell Beckham Jr.?
0: I'll tell you exactly why. How? Because Eli, because he's a thirty-seven. We had this debate last night. Tom almost got lightheaded talking about this. I need to re-energize it. I didn't it. know be, you were at dinner
1: when we were talking. Yeah, about listen,
0: him. man. It was a, it was a great debate. At the end of the day, this is the problem. When you have Eli Manning, who's a thirty-seven-year-old quarterback, two-time Super Bowl champ, he's a vet. And he's limited in almost every single thing that he can do possibly. Immobile, non-accurate, makes stupid decisions. What does that enable the coach to do? He now has to create a he has to create a playbook in which Eli could suit that playbook and now perform. He went from a team working with the Minnesota Vikings where Case Keenum was mobile, accurate, didn't throw picks, had a good solid line, and used his weapons. Now, Pat Shermer has to create a playbook, complete opposite. So at the end of the day, it's
1: a 50-50 two-way road. You could blame Shermer. You could blame Eli. Every second, I feel like Eli is pressured to throw the ball to Odell Beckham Jr. because he's going to be barking at him the next play. Exactly. You're telling me that Eli Manning is a worse problem than the offensive line? Eli Manning is a worse problem than Odell Beckham Jr.? Is Odell Beckham Jr. a leader? No. Who's calling There's him a, a leader? Why. Who's calling him a leader, Tom? I'm not saying not you're us. calling him a leader, but... He should be a leader. He's one of the stars on this team. He's one of the best players on the team.
2: And he gets paid the most. Money
1: doesn't most. mean stardom. Okay, it doesn't mean M- leadership. Money you should up, mean leadership. Uh, you it does not. You brought up should. a point last night. The Giants' run blocking is better than their pass blocking. Their pass blocking is ranked twenty fourth in the NFL. The eight teams lower than them happen to have better records. You said they have better records okay, and have put more points on the board thing than is us. This. The offensive line you have serviceable guys, but. It's still a problem. It's still a problem. Eli Manning was hit, what, 19 times last week? You're going to tell me Eli Manning is the problem before the offensive line? And Odell Beckham Jr. calls out Eli Manning? Look at everybody in the past that the Giants have had. Nobody has ever called out Eli Manning because they know how much he means to this organization. He means a lot more than Odell Beckham Jr. ever will. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, yeah, he won the two Super Bowls. I'm not questioning
1: that. Question, Will Odell Beckham Jr. win the Giants two Super Bowls without Eli Manning? No. Yeah.
3: Stay tuned. i I really we'll out. What?
1: Not two, maybe one. Definitely. 100%. Without a doubt. Odell Beckham Jr.
0: is not without a without football giant. Like, this he is, is, but he's not. This he doesn't is the debate. fit this team. This is the He debate. doesn't fit this team. No, he fits this team perfectly. How does he fit he this team fit perfectly? He doesn't fit Eli. He doesn't fit Eli. And at the end of the
1: day, nobody fits Eli. Nobody fits what? Eli. What? Nobody fits Eli. Max Gilbert, Amani Tumor, Kevin Boss. Look what happened with Jeremy Shockey. Once he left, there was no problem. Okay, we Tom, won a Super Bowl. Tom, did, did Tom, we not? Tom, that was ten years Confirmed. ago when Eli was ten years younger. Okay, so we wasted his prime with drafting bad draft picks. We yes, s- we, that's we, why we, Jerry we Reese is number one over- on my list. offensive lineman. That is why uh, Jerry Reese is number one. Because we can't draft offensive linemen. We can't draft offensive linemen. We draft idiots that. You know, say, uh, I hydrate better with IV than water. Like, like, I don't like. Like, who, who could have said that? And my o- Odell Beckham Jr. No.
3: Okay, so Odell. then what's Come the? On, th- okay, so if to back off what Tom is saying and what you guys are saying, what's what's the excuse then for Odell having over thirteen hundred yards in the first four year, uh, three years of his
0: career? Then that's what I'm saying. That's why everybody, when they hate on Odell, look at that. If we didn't have Odell, we'd be 0-16 every yeah, single year. Yeah, but you year. have
3: Eli there. Eli's the cause of that, though.
0: Without Think e- about it like this, Chris. Think about it like this. If you have
3: Garbage Supreme back there at quarterback, Chris, he, Odell's Chris, not getting Chris, that.
0: Chris, 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 Chris. Chris. We awesome. had Garbage. It was ten times worse than it was in previous years. Oh, That's what I'm saying. And we didn't have Saquon as a weapon, didn't have Sterling as a weapon, didn't have Ingram, and yet Odell was still top three in the league at receiving. Yeah, but and who's, stoned, yeah, but who's throwing the ball? That's how great Odell is, and when you
1: don't even you're have a you're not play giving before. Eli Manning credit for that behind a crappy offensive line. Okay, so then
3: what's the ex- okay, so what's the excuse for Demarius Thomas last year? He's a great uh, wide receiver, and he only had 800 yards. So where, where's that Who's excuse? His quarterback Paxton Lynch. Yeah, but that's the but that's the ar- argument you're making here that Eli Manning is garbage supreme. Paxton Lich, Garbage Supreme, whoever or whoever it was back there. And Demarius... Dari- I'm not what? making, I the, don't argument.
0: I'm not making people... the argument that Eli Manning is gar- Garbage Supreme. I'm saying, this is the argument here. This is the argument. When you have no other weapons on the field, and Odell is your only weapon, for him to be putting up those type of numbers, when he should be the only guy that opposing defenses should be covering on the field, that's how great Since he is. Since when was Odell that...
1: Beckham Jr. the only weapon on the field? In previous years, you're going to tell me, he was your what other weapons do we have? Who, La- last year, we had Evan Ingram, who scored okay. seven, eight touchdowns. That was two years. We had Sterling Shepard, who scored eight touchdowns his rookie year okay. to benefit off last of Odell year, Beckham Jr. Odell
0: tore ACL, and the year before that, we went 11-5. I'm talking about before the Saquon years and before the Evan Ingram years.
1: That's not valid right now in 2018. But that
0: is valid because we're talking You're about past production. You're calling for Pat
1: Shermer's head. He's played six games. But the man doesn't. He's still figuring Tom, this Tom, out. Gentlemen and Shermer never witnessed we this controversy at up first hand until, now. We putting, I until now. I wouldn't care. I
0: wouldn't care if we were losing and putting up points. But we're not putting up points. We're putting up 18 points Eli Manning's
1: completion percentage has been through the
0: roof. Because he's been... Tom, we're going to keep on arguing this. Guys, would you not say that Eli Manning has looked conservative in these past six games that he's played? Would you not agree?
2: would i not agree that's a confusing question would so you, i'm not okay. going to answer that would you agree or disagree <laughs>
0: would you agree or disagree that Eli manning is look conservative as a quarterback well he's conservative yeah, well, cuz that garbage that the that line is front he's him, limited
1: it's not him he misses receivers here and then but every quarterback does we know Eli manning's not the most accurate quarterback in the nfl but he's missing them by a mile okay but and he's not even looking down the field when these guys when are when you're the getting NFL. hit 19 20 times a game does doesn't that ruin you a little bit psychologically where your throws might not be on point because you've taken all these hits throughout the game? Tom, this O line is 10 times
0: better than it was last year. And I the wouldn't say 10 five times years. better. You're going to tell, tell me an
1: undrafted rookie in Chad Wheeler. What is does it matter? 10 times uh, better, better than Bobby Hart? Yes. I don't know about 10 times better. Yes, 100%. Maybe five times better. 100%. I mean, 100%. Times better. But hold, hold on. How is Odell Beckham Jr. not a problem on this team? Odell Beckham Jr. is the main problem on this team. We keep on arguing the same thing. We brought up last night. It's a combination of things. Manning, look, Tom, you guys can admit it. Manning is probably not going to start all sixteen games this year, and they're probably going to draft the quarterback in the first round. Yeah, but that doesn't mean Eli Manning is the main contributor to the problem. I'm telling you, this is what's going to happen. The Giants are going to suck. You're saying he's the main contributor to the problem this year. They're going to suck. They're going to suck. They're going to continue to losing. Not because of solely Eli Manning. It's a combination of things, and Odell Beckham is the leader of the pack. It's me, 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 me. It's nobody else on the team. I'm not is Eli- su- and also, you have to be vocal to be a leader. You don't have to exactly be vocal all the time You to have be a to leader. be vocal as
0: a leader How- when your team is losing. When your team is losing.
1: Eli Manning... He's not. Does
0: not have to be When you're losing, yes. Yes, you have to be. On the sideline yelling at people and calling teammates out, that's being a good vocal leader? There's no excuse. There's no excuse. Especially when you're losing, you have to be vocal. You have to speak up. Especially as a two-time
1: Super Bowl champ, 37-year-old veteran, you have to be vocal while you're losing. But there's different ways to do it. Not to yell people on the sideline and call people out individually in public. Well, what else are they supposed to do? How dare Odell Beckham Jr. call out Eli Manning in public? Is he, okay, listen. You don't see Sterling Shepard doing it. Sterling Shepard backed them up.
0: What are they going to say? What are they going to say? Oh, yeah, guys, we, we all hate Eli Manning. Uh,
1: yeah, media, go write that down. We all hate him. I actually think he's got a valid point. Who? Sterling Shepard. Who cares so? what he's saying? I mean, look, at, at least he's not. If there's a problem with Eli Manning, you don't call him out in front of the media and put a target on your back. That's your quarterback. You're supposed to support your quarterback, regardless of how good or how bad he is. Del Beckham time... Jr. is not doing that because he's not a good teammate. He's not a good guy to have in the locker room, plain and simple. You're right. He's not a good guy. He's a great guy. At the end of the day, he's going to call
0: his teammates and get the most out of them. That's what he has to do because the coach is not rallying the teammates. Eli's not vocal, and he should be in a time of losing. You don't have to be in a time of winning because winning cures all. But when you're losing and you're not vocal and you still got guys calling you out for it, do you really think – that Odell is the only one he's on being this team. Vocal Do to you these think reporters. Odell is the only let me ask you a question. I don't care if he said if he's the only one that said it. Do you think that Odell is the only person on this team that doesn't have a lot of faith in Eli Manning as their quarterback? Yes. I come on, Tom. Come on. Come on. Six touchdowns and four picks in six weeks,
1: and you and you're gonna tell me that everybody on the team thinks Eli is capable. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying Odell Beckham Jr. is the only person that would have the willingness to do this in public. In your mind, you can think what you want, but your heart, you have to support your quarterback. That's your guy. Unless he's done something wrong to you, which Eli Manning never has done. There there is no reason. No doubt. Uh, But at the end of the day, uh, this is the problem. When you have to... This Odell is the, Beckham Jr.'s the problem. No, I'll, it, tell it, the exact, problem it, well, I'll tell you what the problem is. I'll tell
0: you what the problem is. What's the problem? Eli is a problem without Ooh. even being known as a problem. This is the issue with him. Eli... This Shurm. is the issue with him. This is the issue. Ooh. Pat Sherman was hired as coach. He had to make a garbage playbook around Eli Manning because of what he can and cannot do. We cannot,
1: we cannot execute the play-action pass because of the offensive line.
0: Okay, where's the excuse That's for Saquon Barkley having a 19.2 rushing attack? There is no attempt. excuse for that. The guy is arguably the greatest
1: running back in the Eli entire Manning's league Eli right Manning's not now. calling plays. How can you throw this on? How can you frame this on him? Yes, Chris.
3: Oh, uh, I was just just waving the mic. I mean, it's great to be a Jets fan i I'm happy right the now. Jets fans are this. having a good time. Oh, we're having a great time. So, we're sitting, sitting back and relaxing. We'll spend
1: more time on this, but we got to preview the game against Atlanta. Uh, oh, we, terrible! We're all, we're all predicting the Giants to lose, so there's oh, no lose. reason to talk about it any further. Oh, <laughs> I mean, this could, could easily. I'm dying out here. This is, oh, I this is them, review and preview, folks.
0: I could see them easily, easily losing by
1: 20 <coughs> points. Easily. I really believe that. Right. Easily. But my thing is if Odell Beckham Jr. comes out and makes more noise Monday night. No, Odell's going to have a great game. Odell's going to have a great game because this,
0: this Atlanta defense is garbage. The problem is we're not going to have the same type of offensive powerhouse, meaning points on the board, because we can't score. Atlanta could score. They lose games because of the defense, not cuz they can't score. In every game that they lost, okay, they're scoring about 35 score, but points. But the primary
1: reason is not Eli Manning. It's not Odell Beckham Jr. either. But I'm saying, for a locker room purpose, he's not helping. Tom, you and there's can't different eat- ways to call people out and say, "Hey, look, buddy, you know, let's connect better on that throw. You know, we got to hit that next time." Instead of coming out saying, you know, and th- throwing a tantrum on the sideline. Tom. Leaders don't do that. Tom, you can't, and that's why he's not a leader. You can't eat and if your cake and have, his attitude, have it, too. He's never going to Tom, you want. can't
0: eat your cake and have it, too. You have a serviceable O-line, and you arguably have the best trio of offensive players in all of the league. In Saquon Barkley, Odell,
1: and Sterling Shepard. I mean, that could be, that's easily a top three trio. That's easily a top three I'd trio. I'd say Ingram over Shepard. But Ingram can't stay on the field, so that's another whole other story.
3: Does, does Odell wear the C?
1: No, he does not. No, he does not. But Eli Manning does. Zach Diossi does. Why has Zach Diossi been a long snapper for the Giants for 12 years? Why has Eli Manning been the quarterback of the Giants for 14 years? Do you think Odell Beckham Jr. will be a New York football giant yeah. for 12 years? No,
0: no. No, 100%. No chance. No, 100%. You already said you wanted out. He 100%. wants out. No, he, he wants out because they're not winning. As soon as contract. they
1: replace that quarterback, I'm telling you. A
0: playbook of creativity will be created. Why commit they will five succeed? years
1: of your life to this team when you act like an animal on the sidelines? Because he wants to be tolerate. a giant. He wants to be a giant. He wants to act like an animal, and he wants all the attention on himself for not a good reason. Tom, that's not what would what a you good rather have? Let does. me ask you a question. That's not what a good leader Let me ask you a question. Does. What would you want? Just because you you want you're want... losing, that doesn't give you an excuse to do that. Would you want a guy? There's a different way to do it.
0: What would you want? Would you want Odo to have no production? This is the problem with Giants fans and and fans in general. This is the problem. If Odo didn't speak up, you know what they'd be pointing him for? Oh, yeah, we gave you $95 million and you're not producing. It's not his fault. So he sees that and has to say, listen, i got to call out other guys because i got to protect myself. Is that necessarily the right thing to throw guys under the bus? No, but he'd be the main guy being thrown under the bus
1: if he didn't say anything. I have zero problem with him giving constructive criticism to Eli Manning. But the way he did it was wrong. Listen, and that's why at the he end is of the, the main contributor you want to, hear something to funny? this
0: problem. You want to hear something funny? Do you understand the, the point I, gave I made him, though?
1: The Giants gave him permission. Apparently not.
0: They gave him permission to have this talk with Josina Anderson, Ooh. where he supposedly called out Eli Manning and the rest of the team. They gave him permission to have this interview. So you want to talk about this? At the end of the day. We're still talking about it. At 37 At the end of the p.m. day. At the We're end of the day, Odell,
1: it. there's no excuse we for We spent one hour, 19 minutes, when 45 seconds on the I'm phone last night happen. talking about this matter. If you're
0: one of the greatest at your position, you want to be quiet about it when you're not getting the ball, when you're putting up no stats. If anything, Odell has every reason to not talk. He got his money. He's secured. He's fine. You just got to play on the field and be healthy. At the end of the day, that's all he's got to do. But no, he wants to earn every single dollar but that he's got. He's not doing it the right what? what is he supposed to do, Tom? Explain to me. Everybody's saying he's not doing it the right way. What is he supposed to do? He, like what I is said, he supposed constructive
1: to constructive criticism and not calling people out publicly in front Tom, of the that's media a like joke. that?
4: That's a tr- it's, constructive it's criticism. Eli Manning. Here, two-time Super
0: Bowl like th- 37-year-old veteran quarterback. Here's some constructive cur- criticism of what you could do. And like you said, Eli Manning's not even calling the plays. So what is he going to go to and talk to Eli about when this he's not even calling Eli the plays? This is Eli Manning.
1: This is not your average football player. This is Eli Manning we're talking about. There's going to be a statue of Eli Manning in front of the stadium after he retires. I guarantee you there won't be a statue of Odell Beckham Jr if he does not clean his attitude up. The talent is there on the field. He is a great asset to this team when he is producing and when he is not making a fool of himself on the sideline. The only reason why Eli ever makes a fool of himself is when he's memed on social media because the offensive line can't protect him, and then he's brought down 25 times a game. Yes. Yeah, that sounds like the Giants. Look, we obviously have differing views on this, but but at the end of the day, as Giant fans... This all has to coexist with the team, and we'll see if they can pull this one out on Monday night. When we come back, we're going to talk some NBA basketball. You're listening to Review and Preview here on mywcwp.org and WCWP Sports. Now back to Review and Preview on wcwpsports.org. Good. Good evening, folks, and welcome back to Review and Preview. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Joined alongside Mike Dawes, Kyle Russo, Chris Klimazuski. If you're just tuning in, you just missed our most heated segment of the fall semester. It was real sweaty. It was real sweaty. Chris had to get some paper towels from the bathroom. It was that sweaty. All, All right. right. On that note, let's get some NBA basketball. Um, There's rumors that Ennis Cantor might join the WWE. I love this guy. What is him. his problem? I don't, well, I don't even know if it's a problem. It's just funny. It's no problem. I mean, he's, I mean, the Knicks have been so
0: bad for so long. He's just quitting his basketball career at this point.
3: it, it all goes back to the fact. I mean, me and Mike are big WWE uh, fans, so yeah, yeah. so he's 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 dating one of the WWE uh, women's wrestlers right now, Dana Brooks. So I mean,
1: oh, I did not know that.
3: Yeah, so I mean, that's where it's probably stemming from, right there. Yeah. So that's why he probably wants to get the uh, stuff. I mean, get into the uh, WWE.
1: Yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I like I like Ennis Cantor. Nothing Speaking wrong with him. Speaking of Ennis Cantor and his team, the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks, the longest the excuse me, the youngest team in basketball this year. Um, Courtney Lee at thirty three. The only guy over thirty on that roster. And, you know, you look at the Knicks, they looked good Wednesday night. Obviously this is a team with a new head coach and David Fisdale. They made a lot of changes in the offseason. I think there's nine, ten new players this year. It's a lot younger team, but they showed up. They showed up Wednesday night, and they beat the Atlanta Hawks. Yes, the Atlanta Hawks, probably a team that's going to be in the bottom 5-2 this year. But, you know, they held themselves really well. They defended Trey Young well. Their defense was good. Their offense was incredible. Um, I think it was, like, the second most points they scored in the first three quarters of a game in, like, 10, 15 years. I mean, you look, Ennis Cantor, 16 points, 11 rebounds. He was phenomenal. Double-double machine. Trey Burke had 15. Excellent shooter. He started a point. Tim Hardaway had 31 points, guys. The Knicks struggled. Remember, the Knicks were down 10-2 to in this game early. They could not find oh, the bottom that. of the basket, but they came back. They went on a run. Tim Hardaway was incredible in this game, 8-8 eight of eight from the free throw line. The, the Knicks hit free throws. They did what they had to do. Uh, Aquina looked good. I think he's improved substantially. Um, Kevin Knox, his first NBA game, 10 points. Uh, Four of 16 from the field, he shot the ball too much. Just one of five from three, one of three from the line. Knox did not have a great Knicks debut, but this kid is only, like, 19 years old. So, you know, you got to cut him slack a little bit.
0: He posted something on
1: Instagram right after the game. As soon as the game was over, he was right back in the gym shooting the ball. Yeah, and, you know, he's got to work on that. But, you know, at least he's dedicated to that. Um, Obviously, no Emmanuel Moutier, which meant Ron Baker was the backup point guard who... In college, he was more of a shooting guard, but I got to say something. I think Ron Baker is going to be the glue to the second unit this year because, I mean, obviously it's hard to tell, but he won Jeff Hornacek over, and he also won David Fisdale over immediately. Why? Because of his hustle points, his defense, his ability to spark and move quickly offensively. He knows how to find people. I think Baker had, I want to say he had four assists that night. Um, He only scored two points, but that doesn't matter. He found his teammates this rookie alonzo Trier, comes out of nowhere undrafted with a chip on his sch- on a with a chip on his shoulder drops 15 he dropped more than Knox and robinson combined um and he was one of their leading score i mean noah vonley a free agent from portland uh, mm-hmm. who got traded at the deadline vonley looked good he had 12 and then mario hazonia who they signed in the offseason looked good 3 of 7 from deep that's what they want at him they want him to shoot threes he had 15 Uh, He shot the ball a little too much towards the end, but this is a sharpshooter that they need. They needed a shooter after losing Doug McDermott last year. Look, this is a team that's going to be without Kristaps Porzingis. The Knicks are doing a lot of good off-the-field stuff this year, and this year is about developing your young core talent. And look, it's not going to be pretty record-wise, but there's promise. And I think that's what's key to this Knicks team right now. And to preview them, I think Fizdale did a fine job in Game 1. I really think he did. Um, I like where they're headed long term. Um, this year will not be great as I think they're playing, uh, Brooklyn, they're right playing now. Brooklyn right now. On. A, the score is
0: 57-50 Brooklyn. Okay. So Big, Brooklyn biggest uh, out of my favorites. Brooklyn. So
1: before we get to the the Nets, let's talk let's finish up the Knicks here. 49 second quarter points. The second unit outscored the first unit in that first half. You know, I've got to say one thing. That was a flawless second quarter by yeah. a team where the average age is 23, 24 years old. I mean, that was incredible. I say the the Knicks max win, like, 35 games this year max. I say they fall somewhere between 25 and 35. Uh, but don't be surprised, you know, if they, you know, because there's going to be injuries. You're not going to have Porzingis for majority, if not the entire season. Tim Hardaway and Ennis Canther are kinda like your two leaders right now. I say more Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway's the number one player on that team. Hands down. Um, I think. The best player over Ennis Cantor. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think Cannor is your number two guy. And I think Kevin Knox may emerge as the number three. I don't know. I think a guy that gets under uh, undervalued, who really was
0: really the only bright spot of the Knicks last season was Trey Burke. I mean the guy is still performing as your starting point guard. At this at this position, because Frank still right. has no offensive game. So at the well, end of the day, Trey Burke is going to be a
1: I don't valuable asset. Can I be completely honest here? I don't see Frank as a point guard in this league. I see Frank as a two guard that just can't shoot.
3: I still don't. No, I'm still not a fan of that pick uh, uh, of Nikola. No, look? I think no, I,
1: the, I think Blue's it was a bad her, pick, man. absolutely. But when you scored 126 points night one, I, look, I understand it's the Atlanta Hawks, but hey still impressive. I mean, it's
3: it's funny cuz you're seeing all over the internet on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram all the memes coming out about Nick fans. It's like they're crying because it's like we're off to a hot start right now. It's like, I think I, I first of all I find it hilarious.
1: Larry O'Brien <laughs> trophy coming back. No, it we're the Knicks are not going anywhere this year. No, for but, the record. I mean, except, except for the 25 NBA 2018 max. Look, Cantor and Hardaway are leading the way again tonight. Cantor has 16, Hardaway has 13, so they've done a nice job and they're um, they're not hitting Well, they are hitting free throws tonight, which is big for them. Um, Alonzo Trier has been, so far, their best player off the bench. Hazonia's been good. Knox has been good. Ron Baker has been good. So this is stuff you like to see.
3: Love Ron Baker.
1: Uh, Do we want to give a uh, prediction on the Knicks record this year?
2: Oh, I'll do it because I took their win uh, win loss under. I I had him at... uh... I think this adds up twenty eight and fifty five. I'm pretty sure that adds up to eighty two. No, twenty eight and fifty four. Yeah. That that's adds math. up to fifty
1: eighty two. So twenty
3: eight fifty four. I'll I'll put them at I was gonna say like thirty two wins. Thirty two. That would be a that'd be a good season, I think. For the Knicks, yeah. Yeah. They can sure. make the playoffs with that possibly. Yes. I mean and now with the East. The East, the East I was gonna say the East is bad, so you never know.
1: You never so know. So Mike. Twenty eight uh, and fifty four. Knicks Mike has 28 wins. Chris has 32. Kyle Russo. I'm going to go with, oh, man. I think I'm going to go with
0: like 23 wins. 23 wins. Oh. I'm going to go. Gonna be <laughs> they're going to be, be right at the bottom with Atlanta in the East.
1: They're, they're going to go, go right at the bottom. 20, 27 wins for the Knicks. All right. So let's get to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Brooklyn losing a heartbreaker night one. They played Charlotte, right? Yes. Yes. No, uh, they Detroit. played Detroit. Oh, same thing. Played Yeah. played Oh, yeah, no, yeah no, that's that what it was. What a, what a Nets fan. Chris <laughs> <Quinn>. <laughs> <laughs> that starts Maybe Nets I was experience. just testing you there.
3: Yeah, oh, well, I got tested pretty good. In well, that I, look,
1: uh, when when Andre Drummond goes off for 24 points and 20 boards, <laughs> that's the first problem. But you look at the Nets starting lineup. I mean,
3: that's just average uh, Andre Drummond. Well, Sorry, my
1: my problem is it's still a bunch of role players. D'Angelo Russell yeah. clearly has not emerged as the star of this team yet. Uh, Karis Levert had an incredible game, putting up 27. Uh, Jar- Jared Allen looked good, 17-10. and 10. Looks real good. I think he is a dominant center that, you know, Ed Davis can back him up and do a nice job. Joe Harris, sharpshooter, I like him. I don't like him in the starting lineup, but with what the Nets have this year, you might see that often. Uh, yeah. I think
0: you should definitely start Spencer Dimwitty. Yeah, over yeah. Joe Harris. I mean, I don't, I don't understand what the reasoning is. Twenty-three the other night. I know that's you know, what I'm saying. Six assists.
3: I think, I think what I think just because Joe Harris the contract he has and everything like that, and he's an experienced guy with a, with a, all these young guys on this team. I mean, I think the starting lineup should be D'Angelo Russell, Lavert Dinwiddie. Joe Harris at the power forward and uh, Jared Allen.
1: Well, Harris is a small forward, so you're going to make him. A, a, yeah, I think you got it because who, well, who else are
3: you going to put there? You can put Ed Davis at the power put, forward. You can't
1: put Jared Dudley again like yeah. what they did because Dudley gave you one point. He, he gave you no production. Exactly. Over I, I mean, minutes. you could put the minutes. the kid they drafted,
3: Caracas, right, uh, or however you pronounce it. Or name?
1: Kenneth Freed. Corrupt. Yeah,
3: but he hasn't even been playing yet. It looks like.
1: Well, uh, that's who realistically I think should start the. Florida I don't even know. Is, is he injured? I don't, I don't no know. I-, I have no idea. I don't either. know. But uh, Joe Harris won a seven from three. He had that one. He one had that huge. one big three late. It was huge. But uh, yeah, it was. It was a rough going. Um, as Brooklyn playing right now, predictions for Brooklyn this year.
2: I'll give Brooklyn uh, thirty-two wins. I think they'll be better than the Knicks.
3: Chris. I'll give uh, Brooklyn twenty-five. Twenty-five.
0: Wow, that's a bad number.
3: Twenty-five.
0: Wow, that's a horrible. Kyle number. Russo. you're gonna give the Knicks thirty-two. need the.
3: I'm only giving the Knicks thirty-two just because there's more talent on the Knicks. I don't think the... that's the
0: case, though. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Brooklyn... easily
3: the best, the top two players on between both teams are Tim Hardaway
0: and Enes Kanter.
3: Nah. And then once Porzingis comes back, it's going to be Porzingis.
0: Oh, is not gonna come back. Back to Brooklyn. Uh, thirty-two, <laughs> thirty-two wins, thirty-two wins. That's
1: nice. solid. Um, twenty-five. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go thirty. Yeah. Because I I don't think they have star talent. You're right, but they play more team than basketball. Uh than the Knicks probably will do this year, which I think is yeah. going to benefit them in the long run. They play good defense. Either team will make really playoffs. But uh, let's, uh, let's before we get into some of the games, because uh, we have about 10 minutes left in our show, uh, there is a new rule in the NBA this year. Uh, off a missed shot, when you get an offensive rebound, the shot clock will reset to 14 seconds, not 25. This was made to speed up the game a little bit late to make it more exciting speed the game up a little bit more. Uh, look, I think it's good for the for the league because, yeah, it makes sense. If you get an offensive rebound, you should be rewarded with another opportunity, but um, it speeds up the game, and at the end of the game, you don't have to see teams just dribbling the ball out. It makes it a little bit more exciting at the end of the game. I think yeah. maybe at the end of the game, you should maybe not the full game, but that's just me. I think it's good.
0: No, I don't I don't like it. I think it makes it more exciting, especially in the situation where you're talking about where it comes out to the end of the game, you got uh, one possession game, you get an offensive rebound, twenty four yeah, seconds yeah. left on the clock, and you have the clock, you dribble it out. I mean I think that puts more excitement right than fifteen. I mean fifteen really only leaves you, you know, you pass out and you gotta shoot. Twenty four you still got a whole whole possession left, dribble it out. I don't know. I okay. mean, I don't really think it's that big yeah, of a deal okay. at the end of the day, but uh, I don't hate it. I don't like it, but the rule you have that one
1: um I think right. it'll be like a non-factor fine rule yeah Yeah. Mm-hmm. um okay so there's that and look some games that happened already Uh, the Celtics beat up on the Sixers night one the Celtics clearly the top dogs in the east this year and they're beating Toronto right now 20, 33-27 in the second quarter um why leonard and the raptors they won their debut um against team low. yeah the spurs beat the timberwolves and demar DeRozan's debut lebron loses his debut and um <laughs> a fun fact about lebron that is um not really that fun for him is <laughs> he doesn't have a good track record debuting with a new team he's owned for hey not
0: Good. No, where it, not good. Where'd you
1: find that stat? That must have you had to dig for that one. Um, no, actually, I did not. I found it on CBS Sports. There you go. So uh, another thing about LeBron his final stat line. I believe he had 26 points. I want to say he had 12 rebounds and six assists. Yep, that that was his stat line. My problem is this: there, the West is so stacked. LA, I don't think will be a top four team. I don't care if you have LeBron James or not. Yeah. There's too many good teams. You have Portland to worry about. You have Utah. The Nuggets are going to be better. You have the Spurs. You have the Warriors and the Rockets. And the Rockets lost um, to the New Orleans Pelicans, who I think got better. Yeah, you lost the Marcus Cousins and Rajon Rondo, but you got Alfred Payton. Um, and then you got who's their new uh, big—they got Julius Randle. I Off love the bench. Julius Randle. Off the bench. I love Alfred
2: Payton. He's just your typical
1: great yeah. dishing point guard. Yeah. yeah. Great for Anthony exactly. Davis.
0: I don't think so. I think L.A.'s going to be fine. You know, it, it's a completely new team. I mean, they just need a couple games to mold right. together. Right,
1: but my thing is the competition in the West. I'm not saying anything against L.A. The, the West Jazz. is very tough. The Jazz is going to be really good. I think it's going to be Golden State than the Jazz.
0: I don't think Houston's going to be number two, like everybody's um, saying. I would agree with that, honestly.
1: So... Opening night, Tuesday night, you had that, and the Warriors beat the Thunder. Steph Curry had 32. Gordon Hayward had 10 points in his return for Boston, which was a little surprising, but you know he's easing back into things. We'll, we'll give him yeah, a little yeah. slack. The Bucks beat the Hornets by one point on Wednesday. Uh, Yanni had 25 points. points, 18 boards. you so good. That's Look, the third did, time you said that. We'll uh, talk more about it's funny. The, every time. We'll yeah. talk more about the East and the West in next week's show since we' we are short on time because we got to make sure we previewed the Knicks and the Nets. but let's talk about LeBron's game last night. his debut for LA. Uh, this was a Portland Trailblazers team that was the number three seed in the West this year. and Portland got better. Portland did get better. You look at their team, you know, we can talk about LA as much as we want, but Portland is a very underrated team every year. Nobody's talking about them. They quietly work their way into the top four yeah. in the West every year. I mean, it just seems that way because to to me, Joseph Nurkic is improving every year. He's a double double machine. You have Lillard and McCollum, a phenomenal one two punch that are going to give you at least twenty points a game each. It's an elite backcourt. It is an yeah. elite. Al Farouq Aminu is an excellent defender, stretch yep. four to have, um, And Nurkic at center. You can make the argument uh, Jake Layman starting at small forward isn't great, but Layman isn't going to play that many minutes. They should start Mo Harkless, I think, at the three, but or Evan Turner, I think one of those two should start at the three. But they like having, they had Jake Layman there last night. Because their second unit, some more depth. So, yeah. their second unit. Let's go over their second unit. You have s- Steph too. Curry. Uh, s- excuse me, second. Seth Curry. <laughs> Seth, Seth Curry at point guard. Nick Stauskas at shooting guard. Sauce, ca- Sauce Castillo. Yep. Evan Turner. Zach Collins. And Mo Harkless right now. Yeah. That's a solid I five. Like and it. then you're not even talking about Caleb Swanigan, Myers Leonard, and Wade Baldwin the fourth. Those are three good Caleb, guys to have I in the back of I love Caleb Swanigan. Year, he was
2: so fun to watch You in heard college. his story, right?
1: Oh, Games. yeah. Oh, I love that story. Yeah. Right? Look, I'm a big Pat Connaughton fan, and I was against uh, them – not re-signing him, but Nick Stauskas went off last night, 24 points, had the second most points on the team. He was 5 of 8 from deep. He's the real deal. He made shots late in that game that it was back and forth between between them and L.A. They were up by about an average of like 2 to 3 points in the majority of that second half. That's what I'm
0: talking about in L.A. I mean, come on, Nick Stauskas putting up 24 points off the bench. I mean, is that going to happen? That's what I mean, I mean, this, the this Lakers Kouska have is no
1: shooters and they're they're a young team. Their defense is not necessarily up to par. I mean, look, you have LeBron James, Javell McGee, Lance Stevenson. JaVale went off. And Michael Beasley. JaVale should be getting more minutes. I mean, and Ray John good. I mean, yeah, you have some good veteran defenders in that starting lineup, but when you get to the bench, it's really just Lance Stevenson. And no. yeah, they don't have You many, got Kuzma and Josh Hart.
2: They don't have many shooter shooters Veterans. like KCP. It's only really like really good sharp shooters. Well, shooter. the
1: only four guys that are really going to come off the bench, I think this year Ball, Stevenson, Hart, and Kuzma. I'm just saying Lonzo Ball coming mm-hmm. off the bench because I clearly think they're going to start Rajon Rondo, at least for now. Yeah. Just that's for, just my that's, opinion. Yeah, Rondo not, and Pope in the, the backcourt until they realize that's not going to work against Western <laughs> Conference teams. He's going to help
0: spread the floor a lot and give LeBron a,
1: and a and lot and of And you shots. have Ingram, and Le- LeBron is technically starting at the four, and then JaVale McGee. Uh, and yeah. the bench is good. Love Josh Hart at of Nova. He had 20 points. Kyle Kuzma is going to be a great defender, a great player. Stevenson, a serviceable guy. Michael Beasley can give you points. But Lonzo Ball. Yeah, Lonzo. The GOAT. I mean, that's, I mean, uh, Is he a draft bust? I think it's too no. early to tell. It's
3: too early. I, well, I don't know. I think he'll be
2: I
1: very don't know. good in this league. I really, I really don't
3: so. know either. He had a decent year last year. I mean, look, we're only one game in, and he had one, seven points, four rebounds, and an assist. I mean, really?
2: yeah.
0: He still can't shoot, though.
2: Yeah, but he's gonna stuff the stat sheet. That's why he's a point guard. He card. is gonna
0: stuff the stat he's sheet. Really.
1: Oh, he's but, gonna stuff it. He's gonna get like six boards. Stuff a game. it like a turkey. The last oh, game sure. we're gonna talk about before we sign off for the night. Remember, we'll have our predictions next week, so have those um, prepared.
3: Well, you guys will. I'm not gonna be here next week. Oh, that's right. Oh,
1: awesome show next week. I so, um, <laughs> the Dallas um, Phoenix game. You saw DeAndre Iman versus Luka game. Doncic. I, I watched a some of it. Great game. That was last night or the night before. I think it was the night before. Yeah, it was ago. the night before.
2: I had Suns money line. You
1: know, no Dirk, but Phoenix is a lot better. A lot of people for- forget they got Aiton. Yes, DeAndre Aiton. However you pronounce his last name. But Aiden, yeah. You also signed two veterans from the Houston Rockets and Ryan Anderson and Trevor Ariza, who the Rockets could not afford because they had to keep Clint Capella. Had to though. But. They had to, but you get Trevor Ariza, a veteran, a winner. Ryan Anderson, a shooter, and your starting lineup. You have those three added along with Devin Booker and Eric Bledsoe. Yep. That's a solid starting. F- no. So Who's Eric is on Milwaukee. Is Eric Gordon or something? No. no. Their point guard right now, their starting point guard is uh, Isaiah Cannon. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> that's bad, but the other four are solid players.
0: Yeah, and they got Josh Jackson coming off the bench, for them. They, they and Tyson did. Chandler out. And Jackson. Dallas
1: is a good team too. Don't write them that, off. Yeah. They have a lot of veterans on their team. Doncic in the starting lineup. When Harrison Barnes comes back, remember, this Dallas team you saw against Phoenix was with, was without Dirk, without Harrison Barnes. So, yeah. that's something to talk about more next week. Uh, we'd like to thank everybody for tuning into our show review and preview here tonight. We'll stay tuned more next week. We're going to go over the same stuff preview the World Series if it's not already started, and then we'll talk more NBA basketball, NFL, and college football. On behalf of Mike Dawes, Chris Klimazuski, Kyle Russo, I'm Tom Scavetta. You've been listening to Review and Preview here on mywcwp.org and WCWP Sports. Good night, everyone.